everybody. Welcome to Frame Trap. Today I am enjoined by Michael Huber. Enjoying Dubai? Enjoined. I, yeah, I don't know what I was going You're for You were saying there. enjoying our company and joined by, I think. I We were talking seconds before mm-hmm. the show started about Game of Thrones. Yeah. And so I think I enjoy Game of Thrones <laughs> and just had joy on the brain. Love it. And it slipped out. I'm also enjoined by Bradley Ellis. <laughs> Demon Souls. I just Where's that remaster, that dude? Where is it? Hook it up. Come on, from. Let's go. No, I don't want to remaster. I want to remake if they're going to do it. Go all the way. Remake for Demon's Souls? That'd be, that'd be a fun one to remake. Entirely remake playable it. in VR on the PlayStation 5 day one. Yeah. Remake <laughs> it? These are my demands. Remake it and have that really cool PvP boss. Like, you you twist it on its head. You do something that we're not expecting. What would you do? What if, would I do? Yeah, here's, if you're remaking that do. game. I would say that when you get to that point in the game, yeah. you have to mail a letter... <laughs> To a, in a, a P.O. box, okay? And they'll say, your challenger will be there in three days. <laughs> and in three days' time, somebody will knock on your door and you have to fight them. And that is your, if your boss. If you battle. had black world tendency, <laughs> I would make it so you fought two people instead of one. Oh, okay, I like that. That's a good touch. That's a good touch. Yeah. I'm going to be enjoining you through this. I'm Ben Moore. And uh, Hubert... <laughs> Last night, uh, my girlfriend and I watched the Avengers Endgame trailer, which I'll not spoil. That's not why I'm bringing this up. But we were just kind of in awe of how good the Avengers theme is. Such a good theme. And so we just, Such like, we were just sitting there on the couch on signed. YouTube listening to the Avengers theme. Yeah. Just kind of marveling at how, like, it. it I got, it, like, chills, yeah. man. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Avengers has been on the brain. A lot of Avengers happening. Endgame next month. Captain Marvel just happened. So I've been thinking a lot about the Avengers and I want to know, not who your favorite Avenger is, but which Avenger do you identify the most with? Who do you see yourself in the most? Hmm. Hmm. Do you know, Brad? No. I don't know. Like, I can't remember all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. They're all so... I think, Brad, I know we make fun of Hawkeye. And so this is not an insult. I mean it as a compliment. Oh, I like Hawkeye. Though. Yeah, I think you could be a yeah, good Hawkeye. Hawkeye's like cool, I can man. see it. I can. He's see like, it. like think of this. Everyone else has crazy superpowers and stuff. He's just got a bow, and he's doing just fine. Yeah, he's fragging. Yeah, and I think, you know, dealing with us sometimes, like you need that that level headed, mm. but you're still able to throw around with the crazy. Yeah. F- yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see it. Yeah, I'm gonna throw a curveball in here. Okay. What's the curveball? It's not an it's not an end of Avenger exactly. Okay. okay, yeah, we get here. We go. Let's go. It's the intro. It's fast and loose. Drax. Yeah, that's oh, what I was yes. thinking because he's <laughs> yeah. out of his mind. <laughs> like the attention span. Huber, I feel like I wouldn't have asked the question if it was. So, I wasn't even thinking about you and Drax, but yes, yeah. of course it is. Of course it is. Okay, Huber, you nailed that. It was very good. Which which Avenger do you think? I most resemble. Ben Moore? Mm-hmm. I want you to tell me, Marvel man. I'm going to say... He's good at this, so I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. My... Because Bloodworth is Vision. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And that's like right. Jones is Captain America. Yep. That's accurate, too. For sure. So I'm going to say... Doctor Strange. 
Hubert, that's what I was hoping you were yeah. going to say. Yep. Yep. That's. I'm glad you're on this show. Well, who do you think I am then? I got We need the Hubert opinions. Yes, everybody. We then. do. We do. Brad. Dude, War Machine, straight up. War Machine. Yep. That good I backup. I can Co-op buddy. I love. Good I love spirits. Max. Yep. Yep. I could see Brad cool. being yeah. a Winter Soldier as well. Winter Bucky Barnes. Yeah. yeah. I, love I can see Barnes. Brad being a Winter Soldier. So sick. Hubert, I'm so glad you saw. Uh, you said. Doctor Strange. I actually watched Doctor Strange for the first time last weekend, and like, so good. okay, here's. I, I want to. I want to get best. your opinion on this because I made a mistake. I thought the trailers for Doctor Strange were be- not good. Mm. I didn't like them, and I I love trailers, mm. and so I was putting a lot of faith in the trailers. I just thought the Doctor Strange trailers were not funny and seemed super generic. But mm. I ended up really liking that movie. It was yeah. way better than the trailers led me to believe it was going to be. I think it's just so fun because you have the first hour which is like so grounded and just such a universal story Hmm. you know don't want to like spoil anything if you haven't seen Doctor Strange but just the story of like you know you have a skill and and you're really good at something but it's taken away from you right Um, and then obviously the second half gets like more mystical and more superhero-y but run on buildings man yeah Yeah. it's pretty good it's pretty good and Huber uh Things kind of consume you in a good way. I, I mean that as a, as a compliment. You know, you get really into things. Uh, you kind of let them wash over you. And what is washing over you right now is Tom Clancy's The Division 2. Glad you threw the Tom Clancy's in there. Yeah. Shout yeah, out. I was like, oh, yeah, Tom Clancy. Shout out. Tom Clancy. Um, <laughs> Does that name still mean something to you? In the, in the loading screen. Uh, when it, when it's a specific vibe. For when sure. they're like giving you a tooltip or something like that, they'll they'll go out of their way to say, you know, make sure you do this or whatever in Tom Clancy's The Division <laughs> 2. Like, they'll Trademark. say the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, guys, really? It's like Sid Meier style. Do we have to do that? But yeah, you've been playing a lot of Division 2. I've actually a played a, a chunk of The Division 2 with you. I'm I'm level 17, I think, and you're level 23. 23, yeah. Uh, so we've been playing it. What do you think? I love, love, love this game. Love it. Love it. Love it. What is warranting that love? So many things, Ben. So many things that I love about this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be really hard to kind of like lay this out here. There's a lot. This game is a behemoth. So I'm yeah. going to do my best. Yeah. Things I love, though. So I'm level 23 now. Yeah. And from level 1 to 23 has just been a joy because it's constantly introducing new enemies. Every single fight forces you to think and and take cover and use tactics. So you can never really turn your brain off in this game unless you're in a safe house, which I love that feeling too. It's like, okay, I'm back at base. I'm in a safe house. can just chill for a minute. But when you're out on the streets or when you're in a mission... It is high stakes. You will get taken out so easily. Just running through the street, couple enemies like patrolling, you're dead. Yep. Love that stuff. Mm. Are there any penalties for death? Uh, just losing time. And then uh, obviously when you're in the dark zone, if you die, you lose XP. That's good. And uh, you lose your gear that you have picked up. Something else that I like uh, that I think just kind of enhances the like oh man i really got to be careful is mm-hmm. when you're in a group and you you go down you can be revived of course but when you get revived you're put into a weakened state yeah and so if you go down yeah. again your buddies don't have a chance to revive you you've got to 
you know, spawn away and then run back <laughs> or whatever, or, oh. or go back to a checkpoint. Yeah, that's cool. So. Really good balancing. You can tell they've just been tuning this for a while. Yeah. The only criticism, we'll get this out of the way. Yeah. Um, two major criticisms, popping, which I bring up because I never care about nitpicking little things like this. Should but it says you're playing on PlayStation 4. PS4 Pro. But it's really bad. Yeah, the pop. It is. It <laughs> it's is really like bad. really bad. Mm-hmm. So it's it's enough for me to to bring it up for sure. And like notice it all the time. Um and the skill balancing I think needs a lot of tweaking. Uh Ben, we've been playing a lot together, which has yeah. been so awesome. We'll, we'll, I got some stories. But uh just some of the skills don't seem as useful as others. But I'm hoping once we get to the level thirty strongholds and the raid that there will be more use for those skills, but right now it seems like a couple of them are really, really good, and a couple of them are not so good. Yeah, it was interesting <laughs> how we both kind of decided, like, oh, man. The drone. Why would we never use the drone? Yeah. This thing that does considerable damage mm-hmm. and can just kind of go around cover Kites and can cover a huge distance. Yeah. For so, sure. Yeah, you did, Contextualize that a little bit. Uh, one of the skills you can pop is this drone that will you'll summon and ha- you depending on how you spec it, and you can spec it in different ways. You can get one that deflects bullets. Um, you can get one that does like a bombing run. Uh, but the the basic one, the assault drone, will go around and shoot at enemies with a machine gun, and you can actually tag enemies. So if you see somebody mm-hmm. that's behind cover, you can just be like, no, hey, go get that guy, and they'll go around the cover and yeah. and hit him. And so, yeah, it's very useful. Yeah, and just more things I'm obsessed with, right? Okay, so we're level 1 to 23. Mm-hmm. Every fight is crazy, and the missions are hard. So now, this whole time, getting loot feels good. From I'm level 1 to 23. Every time I equip a new piece of gear, I'm pumped. Yeah. Feel the benefits. Um... And then also, like, rebuilding your settlement. I love side missions where, you know, you get an actual reward. You can go out and recruit people. They come back, unlocks a new thing. Like, I just rescued a barber. I can, like, cut my hair and stuff. Yeah. (laughs) That is cool. It sounds like a simple and expected thing, but I I really do think it is worth praising where I I feel like – if I spend two hours in the Division 2, like, I'm constantly improving in one area yeah. or another. And what I like is a lot of times it'll just be like, oh, this gives me more defense or does more damage, I'm going to equip that. But there have been a number of times where it's like, ah, do I want the raw numbers or do I want how this is going to yes. modify my skills or some other aspect? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's not like an intense decision every time. Yeah. But I do like every once in a while that I'm considering about other factors as I'm upgrading. I think that's important. Totally. For sure. Yep. Love the, uh, just like the different uh, skill modifications too. You can like spec for like critical and damage or defense or skill power, which makes your drone even crazier. I just fooled around and I did like maxed out skill power. Yeah. And the drone was like, noticeably just like enemy down it's crazy yeah and it's it's cool that it's not you're not just upgrading um your character you're not just equipping different pieces of armor and and a new weapon you're modding that weapon you're Mm. modding your skills individually you're attaching like you were saying attaching stuff to that drone so that's cool yeah there is there is a ton of stuff and huber you said and i agreed with you that if you're just coming into this fresh it it may seem very overwhelming Uh, like uh honestly a couple more tutorial missions could have gone a long way. They mm. give you some Dark Zone tutorial missions that are great, and they give you, like, kind of the prologue, but 
the UI, there's a lot going on. Things will, f- like, it'll give you a tutorial really quick and then disappear. The font is really small. <laughs> so I joke in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, it's a lot to get your head around, and it took me hours to kind of get comfortable totally. and figure it out. I, so. I think that is a super fair point, and I imagine people when people start playing, they'll have a lot of questions. Yeah, it's overwhelming. Um, something that I do like that they do is... Uh, so you're building up these settlements, and as you build up these settlements, you'll unlock new layers to them, and you know both your character and the world will kind of expand out every time you get a new element. So when you recruit somebody and they can do a new thing at your base, or yeah. you unlock a new feature, they will pop up with a window and be like, here's yeah. what this does. Yeah. And so while it is overwhelming, I was able to just work through it by playing. Yes. Like the more time the more I you spent play. in the game, the more that things made sense. Totally. And so I do kind of think they've spread things out enough that you are able to do that. If you put in some effort, if you're paying yeah. attention, you'll you'll get through just fine. Yeah, like you do the side missions too. Like I rescued a beehive keeper. <laughs> so I go back to the campus and just on the bottom, like it doesn't give you a waypoint. So it, it there is it does encourage you to explore. There yes. are some problems with the main waypoints. It'll like lead you into a wall, but then there are other times where it's like, hey, go to this area, and then you have to figure out within the area kind of how to progress, and I, I love stuff like that. But uh, yeah, when I rescued the beekeeper, it's like you get back to your base, and it's like check in with the new yeah. beekeeper, and yeah. like I'm walking around, and it like forces you to kind of live in that settlement for a minute, kind of like see where everything is, see where the person is, you know, he'll like throw some dialogue at you. So I like that. And it's so cool. Uh, I mean, the primary reason you're doing these side missions, right, is so you can get the experience, so you can get the things to get more skills, <laughs> to level up, to, to the basic thing. But it is nice. It adds just another element when it's like, oh, I did this and this place that I'm supposed to protect is getting a little bit better and they will allow me if I want to to go and see what's up with that. Yeah. It's not much. It's not this crazy interaction. It's not systems on top of systems on top of systems, yeah. but it does make it feel a little bit more personal, yeah. uh, which I like. The um, story has been a little slow Yeah. because I did really enjoy the Division 1 story, especially all the collectibles. I love the collectibles in this game. You can collect like artwork. You like see your artwork stash. I haven't seen the actual art you get, but there's like an artwork stash mm-hmm. at a place, and they're like, "Hey, you know, we're not animals. Like, thanks for salvaging this stuff." So they, everything has context, which is great, and all of the like radio calls and like dash cam footage, and there's like video unlockable videos you can get. So there's a ton of lore. It just hasn't connected in a meaningful way yet. Like all these stories I'm getting of like. Some really heavy stuff, you know, there was one where, like, two division agents, like, one turned on another one, or, like, people just trying to make it by in this crazy world. Obviously, you get a lot of audio logs from the villains and the different factions that kind of flesh that out. But, again, everything hasn't really tied together yet, so I'm hoping that that happens. Yeah, I haven't seen anything, uh, and I'm... (laughs) I haven't seen anything that's made me want to care about the story yet. Uh, it's I think the setup is is as interesting as it's always been. But yeah, just like the echo things where it's kind of reconstructing the scene, which yeah. is such a cool idea. I love those. Um, no, nothing has like really hit me super hard. But what I will say that I appreciate so much is with the main missions and the side missions, like they're having fun with them. Yeah. Uh, the they're, environments. They're not dude. just. <gasps> 
copy paste yes. missions. They're taking you to unique places that really feel like they had a lot of care uh, put into yeah. how they look. Um, and the things that they're they're doing, I don't even want to spoil it, but yeah. there were moments where it was like, oh, well, I guess we're in Washington, D.C. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, and, yeah. The biggest thing for me, Ben, is, like, one, okay, every fight is challenging. Mm-hmm. Check one, 10 out of 10. Check two for an action game like this, environments. Constantly mixing it up. Dude, I went to, like, a museum, mm-hmm. and there was, like, uh, like these all these uh, old trains there. Ooh. There was, like, a Vietnam War memorial, so there were, like... Vietnam helicopters and sandbags, and we were like going through. That's, so that's cool. two really cool environments, and like a, like the Federal Bank, of course, mm-hmm. and like just these crazy office buildings. And then three is the tactics. Enemies using different tactics. I feel like so often, like yeah, there's a lot of cover, but so many times I've gone into an encounter, and there's been like a named elite that has a little backstory and lore on them. Yeah, and then they'll mix up. Their fighting style, like Ben and I were in one where there were like snipers in the back, dude on the ground with a grenade launcher throwing throwing grenades everywhere. Another dude with a the mortar. grenade launcher guys are trouble. Yeah. yeah. And then I did I did one on my own where like I I went into a place, hacked something, all of a sudden the entire roof exploded. Dude came down, he's like, I've got you trapped. And he like came down. <laughs> Just like there's so much flavor and personality to to the villains. <clears throat> Here's the best one. I felt like I was fighting myself. <laughs> threw a turret down. That's gonna happen at some point. Threw a turret down. Guy goes, Turrets are for cowards. Yeah. Oh Runs at me with a shotgun, like trying to flush me out. Oh my God. So good. Just like, yeah, the way they, the banter back and forth, it's really good. Did that cause you to unequip the turret? I felt real bad about it. Uh, I was like, man, maybe I shouldn't use this. Yeah, you're you're really right, <laughs> Huber. I think something with the enemies that surprised me, I was getting at a point uh, early on where I was like, man, they, they sure do have the enemies that charge at you a lot. They mm-hmm. sure do have, like, the guys that are just constantly throwing grenades. I, I was like, this is going to get old if it's like this for all 30 levels. Uh, but it's absolutely not. They do go out of their way to mix things up, and there are some really great <laughs> enemies uh, that you've already mentioned. The goo gun guys the goo guns. are great yeah. and, like, panic-inducing. So you yeah. have these guys that will just shoot this liquid at you (laughs) and freeze you in place and you have to mash the button to get out of it and it kind of creates a panic situation where it's happening and you don't even realize it and then you're up trying to get out of this goo and other guys that's shooting at you and that that's exactly what you want they as huber described it's not just like you're getting into these combat encounters plopping behind cover and then just slowly and methodically picking away at all of them until they're dead they they will Flush you out. Whether it makes sense or not, they will like charge at you. They will try to go behind you. They'll throw stuff at you. They'll have different abilities. And the they go out of their way to get you out of your comfort zone. I really appreciate that. I do think in order to achieve that, sometimes it feels like they're 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 not playing by like For the sure. fairest rules. For sure. Um there are definitely times where you're like, wow, a horde of guys like just came out of that closet for no yeah. reason. <laughs> or oh wow, they've really just like spawned behind me out of nowhere. And so I do think that kind of that saps a little bit away from it, but 
Like, I feel like if it didn't do that, right, it'd exactly. be so easy to just hunker down. Exactly. So and it's kind of that's why I kind of think it's worth yeah. it. Where it's like, okay, I would rather I would rather you kind of break the rules a little mm-hmm. bit to make this happen to give me this feeling rather than have fights become a boring. Totally. Don't think about it. Slog for yeah. sure. So there's two stories I want to tell. Lastly, yeah. One was my favorite side mission so far. So if you're adverse about side missions, maybe tune away. I told you this one, Ben. Who's, who's side a, mission? Who's adverse to side missions? I mean, spoilers. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. I was like, what? For a random side mission. Not a big okay. deal. But uh, just some really cool storytelling, which I appreciate for games like this. Just constantly keeping me interested, spinning things on its head. I get a call from like a rogue, era, not a rogue agent, but like someone's missing in action, like down. Like, all right, go to this place. So I expect it to just be a mission like any other where you go in and like cover to cover, take some people out. Yeah. Go in. Silence. Too quiet. Like, what's going on here? A little too wrath. So I'm like going in, looking for someone. All of a sudden, spotlight goes on. Batman Arkham style, body strung up. Oh my God. Strung up dead. Lights like flash on. Dude throws like fire in. He's like, I've got you, the agent. Unknown enemy. Hmm. Unknown enemy type. We get in this huge shootout in some like back office building, throws some like electrical charge down, flashbang, gone. Fled. Hmm. First and only enemy in the game so far that has like fled away. It's Batman. So it's like, what is this? So just like really cool stuff like that. Again, you know, that happened like so later on. Yeah. That it's just like there's opportunities and and, and surprises constantly in this game. That I wanted to point that out. And then Ben and I in the dark zone. I, Huber, I was going to bring up the dark zone. It needs to be brought up. Yeah, so Ben and I go in the dark zone. And everything's chill, right? We're going through. We're taking out loot. We're figuring it out, okay? There's like a safe house in the middle of the dark zone, which I love. It's like a safe spot. You can go there. Uh, and then if you're not in the safe zone, you're vulnerable. So Ben and I are going around, and we're just getting loot, getting loot. And you can only hold so much contaminated loot before you have to, like, air supply it out. So I have, it's like four out of four. I have four out of four. <laughs> ben has three out of four. We get greedy. Uh-oh. Like, dude, Ben, let's just max it out. Uh-oh. Yeah. We're in here for, like, 15 minutes. Haven't seen anybody. We convinced ourselves that it's like, if we're not going to max it out, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, like, going around, and we go in a building, and there's two people, and it's fine. All of a sudden... They go rogue. <laughs> they go rogue. Oh, take us down Ooh. immediately. Ouch. So we're like, all right, maybe we're like too low level for this. That's kind of demoralizing. Like, maybe we should just like maybe go do submissions or something. Ben is like, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're at the chopper. We yeah. gotta go get them. Yep. Yeah. So we like run back in. The extraction is coming. It's like, yo, uh, 45 seconds till extraction. Men are like running, running, running. They put the the stuff on the on the the extraction point. Ben and I go for cover. These guys were professionals. Oh, oh. yeah. They they systematically dismantled us. They were professionals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Killed us again. Total depression. Like, it was like we, it was like they watched us just go and get behind cover. Yeah, One guy then, snuck around, yeah. pop, pop with a yeah. shotgun. I'm yeah. dead. Pop, yeah. pop, get the shotgun. Huber's yeah. dead. dead. Don't get our loot. Take they get all. all of our stuff. Yeah. Take it all. That's yeah. like 
that's like a clear defeat yeah. when it's two for two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's clear yeah, defeat. Yeah, yeah. We, when you get right. the jump on, we got too, the message. We got the message. Yeah. She's like, okay. Uh, message received. Another story, kind of, <laughs> kind of the opposite of that is before that, even, there was a guy that we just met and we we're like, oh, wait. Okay, Ace Hardy. Yeah, I didn't remember. His, I didn't remember his <laughs> Ace name. Hardy. Ace Hardy. I didn't remember his name. And he just we just started moting at each other in game, and he just follows us around follows and us helps around. us clear out cool, some places. We invite him, to the, him to the group. Cool. And uh, yeah, Did we found a friend mic? in the dark zone. No, we were in a party talking to each other. Uh, um, okay. Yeah. So maybe, but I felt yeah. like our hearts communicated. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like we were yeah. emoting to each other. The yeah. vibe was right. That's sick. But yeah, you can uh, you can go rogue at any time. And if you go rogue, you can do special things like uh, hacked, hacked chests for extra loot. Mm-hmm. And if you keep doing that enough, you access like a special vendor called the Thieves' Den. It means you've like gone rogue really That's well. That's cool, yeah. So you can get like special things. And then if you go rogue and you kill enough people and you're out of control, a manhunt starts. And then everyone in the dark zone sees you and can come for you. Or you can bail out. Uh, just in a very practical sense... It was uh, definitely a, a journey that we went on in the Dark Zone. But even it's though, amazing. like, we got destroyed by these two guys twice, yeah. it felt worth it because I ended up finding a gun mm-hmm. that was, like, tw- like twice as good as what I was using. It was so powerful. And so, yeah, it was nice. It, it felt like, oh, hey, you're, you're really giving me higher, a chance at higher tier stuff just for going in and taking that risk, which I loved. Um, amazing. Dark Zone. Dark Zone. Brad. Yes. Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm not asking you this to put you on the spot or to like coerce you into playing. It's not the reason for this question. Um, but the division not super interesting or appealing to you. And I'm just like, I I want to know why. I'm curious. Uh, correct, especially at this point in time because I just played Anthem and I don't want to play another game like that right now. So Anthem, I'm burnt An- out. Anthem kind of poisoned the well. For correct. Me a I would bit. be way more into trying the division, especially on Huber and yours is praise. Yeah. But I just want to just play the anthem. I'm like, I'm cool. I'm good playing a game like this right now. I'm fine. I don't yeah. need playing a game like this right now. I think now. that's totally understandable. Do you think? Do you think a lot of other people feel that way? That no, I, I don't know, dude. I think because the anthem anthem burns so many people. And yeah, people they are, might be like itching. Yeah, for redemption. Yeah. I, yeah, I actually. I think people are ready. Dude. I, There's a lot of hype out there right now. For me personally, I actually think that that's true. Where. I, I was interested in Anthem, played it, got really bored, dropped it super quickly, mm-hmm. um, and I it I, it kind of made me more excited for the Division Two. Where I was like, oh well, maybe this will be. And yeah. It's it's really surprising me, and I I think when I played the beta, my impression was this is just more of the Division One, and it. It does feel that way at first, and I think if you're just kind of taking a quick look at it, it totally seems that way. But I think the Division 2 is more thought out than I was willing to give it credit for when I kind of had that first blush in the beta. Uh, because it's really the details that it's getting yeah. right. It's and it's it kind of takes a while to realize that where it's like Huber said, uh, oh, they really thought about these combat encounters. Mm-hmm. Oh, they really thought about this progression. The progression it seems flawless. Yeah, right now. I'm it's so impressed. Yeah, they're really getting this nuts and bolts stuff right, and I think it's a lot of the nuts and bolts stuff that Anthem got wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it it kind of makes you even more keenly aware of of how important this stuff is and how yeah. much it can add to this type of game. Yeah. For sure. Sounds like a good sequel. For sure. Oh, yeah. For Proving sure. Proving upon everything from the first, pretty much, sounds like. Ready for the end game, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I I am excited to play more of it. Yeah. Like, 
That's like, good. Even just doing basic, even things that sound like kind of boring and generic, like there are these control points that you can go to and you just have to clear waves of enemies and then you get the control point and there's loot that you get and uh, you can fast travel there. Sounds super generic and boring, yeah. but because of how tuned the fights are, like I'm kind of excited to yeah. do them. Even yeah. after doing a handful, I want to do more yeah. uh, just to get into those fights, just and to kind of feel that rush. And the fast travel's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, again, kind of nuts and bolts stuff. They they put these control points in positions where it's like, yeah, I'm going to want to fast travel there when I go yeah. do this mission or go get this, you know, shade cash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, shade cash? Shade tech. Shade, shade, yeah. shade tech cash, dude. Whoa. Yeah, so that sounds awesome. It's just a, a thing that you need to Give me that get shade cash. And, uh, different monster uh, skills. I will say the again about the story not fully coming together uh, yet too. Monster skills. In the division one, I just feel like every time I went into off the beaten path into like someone's apartment, it kind of like told just a uh, like a world building story. You know, right. I just haven't had those moments yet into, and that's really been the only disappointing part. Sure. So just kind of the environments are kind of blending together now. Right. The uh, missions are so varied. It obviously helps so much. There's so many things to do. It helps. But I just want a little more, a couple more stories, you know? Uh, question. So yeah. this game, is is it open world? It's open world, but, like, your main game is just for you and your party. Well, like, I mean, like, navigating through the world, is it, like, you can go any direction you want. Yeah. Or you have to go, like, a specific, like, no. route you to are, stuff. You can Free go, to go anywhere. In any direction that you want. Okay. But the way that it kind of works is you start at the White House and you have this map, right? And you just section this map off into different, like, quadrants. Those quadrants have, like, level ranges where it's like, hey, from level 1 to 7, you're going to want to hang out here. From level 7 to 11, you're going to want to hang out here. And so you just kind of slowly make that map larger and larger as you uh, get through it. But Yeah. Loving it. Um, and I also like how things kind of feed into each other where it's like, hey, if you go and you do this, you'll unlock more of these activities. Mm-hmm. And so it just is kind of constantly blossoming. But it's very good. Very, very good. Brad, I want to take us in a completely different direction from The Division 2. Uh, you, I was asking before the show, like, hey, what do you guys want to talk about? And you were like, I want to talk about Link's Awakening. That's and right. And I was like, Brad, that game is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, with the uh, the reveal of the remake of Link's Awakening coming to Switch, I decided to revisit the. I'm playing the DX version, mm-hmm. so the Game Boy Color version. Because I haven't played these since. I think the last time I played them was on Super Game Boy, I believe. Mm. So it's been a long time, and yeah. I was like, "Hmm, I think it's time to, to revisit this game." Yeah, uh, glad to say it's still real good. It's still awesome. Uh, a nice little like side story that does a lot of weird things for Zelda series, especially at the time, and I'd say mostly in its characters in the game. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weird characters in this game I did not see in a Zelda game before. I think this came out after Link to the Past. Yeah. Ooh, I'm not sure. Tr- yeah, think it did. But like I you're running you're right. into a bunch of weird, bizarre, colorful characters that when I like when I see them in a Zelda game, I'm like, whoa, like. <laughs> There's Bow Wow, and it's, like, right at the beginning, like, Chain Chomp's like, yeah. whoa, what? There's Goombas in this game. Wait, what? Uh, you could jump. You can get an item that lets you jump, which is awesome. That's, like, the first time you could ever jump in a Zelda game besides two. Can you double jump? No. no. But you do a front flip. Nice. Which is really cool. 
Uh, I just been having a really good time going through it. I was trying to, when I was revisiting this game, and I was like, how are these dungeons? I don't remember them that well. Are they actually really cool? Do they hold up? Uh, they start off slow as you expect, but I think later on as you go through the game, they get better and better and better. Uh, mm, pretty easy, also, I would say, so far at least. It's not that hard. There's some cool stuff. I did the color dungeon, though. Yeah. Like yesterday, that was added into the game that I never did before because I didn't know about DX it. DX exclusive? Yeah, yes. it was a DX. It's just like Sweet. a cool little like dungeon that has like, some mechanics that weren't in the game any other place. Very focused around color. Yeah, I was yeah, like, like, oh, cool. this is really cool. Yeah, it was like a, like these jumping pads and stuff like that that weren't in the game before. I was like, oh, this is sick, man. Yeah, that yeah fun. it wasn't my, my favorite dungeon, but as no. a nice little bonus. I wouldn't say any of the dungeons are like, like when I think of like the best dungeons in Zelda series, like I do not think of these dungeons at all. They're just cool. They're just fun little dungeons like that. They don't go on for too, too long. Some of them were kind of too set like one point, but nothing really that bad. I really love some of the boss fights in Link's Awakening, even more than the dungeons themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I, when I think back to my time, some of those. They're super wacky, I'll say. Yeah. I think that's what's so exciting about yeah, Link's, Link's Awakening, Awakening though, is, is just a like super like it, wacky game. Yeah, it's, it feels like it's just kind of bursting with these ideas, like the 2D sections. Yeah, uh, those are really the fun. Items, how the world is laid out. Um, one of my favorite things in Link's Awakening, Brad, is how kind of central that that town feels and how you revisit it and how things change over time mm-hmm. and how much you're encouraged to interact with the characters. Uh, you really get a nice intimate familiarity with that place and those people and by the end you really feel like you know them uh, yeah. which I like quite a bit. I feel like navigating the world is kind of a pain in this game a lot because hmm. you have to, the Game Boy only had two buttons pretty hmm. much you could use A and B. That's my least and favorite thing about Link's in the Awakening world is that the you changing. have to constantly yeah. change like there's objects you have to lift and just, you get to put on a bracelet or sorry to change your item to yeah. lift it and throw it and you go screen you come back it's, it's still there it's like I wish it just was gone forever i wish i didn't need to put on a bracelet to just pick this up or anything like that yeah that's like the the biggest thing i think this remake yeah. needs to fix and then if you've got like, that it kind of like yeah kind of slows down the pace a lot right i just yeah. get kind of annoyed at things like that but otherwise i've been still very impressed with this game having a real good time but as a, as a game boy game i as think as a game uh, boy game i understand like where it's coming from some of the systems feel from like a game boy time like yeah I would just run into like an item on like a, a block on accident. Just just run into it, and, like a text box comes up every single time you accidentally yeah. bump into it. I'm just like, eh. uh, just like that the crane game or like getting zapped if you steal something. Yeah, that's that, that's all really cool stuff that that game I remember like pioneering and stuff. Yeah. Like, just, this like it was the Zelda game I remember doing more wacky stuff right off the beginning, which was cool sure. and great. Total side story. Um, so. It's it's been so long since you've revisited uh-huh. Link's Awakening. Uh, do you, has your opinion of it gone up or down, or has it made you think remember, about it in a new way? I mean, I think about it in a different way, I guess, just because I look at games differently now mm-hmm. compared to when I was younger. I remember liking it a lot. I still do like it. A lot. I haven't finished it. Yet. I think I have two more dungeons to go. Yeah, but I'm having a real good time playing it. Mm-hmm. It's like scratching that little itch that I had for like a little, little Zelda game. Little, little Zelda itch. Yeah, a little Zelda itch. I'm like, oh, this is fun, man. Yeah, it, it's hard for me to look at Link's Awakening. I think completely objectively because uh, the Game Boy Pocket was the first system I ever owned. Oh, and, really? Yeah, and Link's Link's Awakening. Pocket. It was either Game Boy Pocket or Nomad. No Sega Nomad. I guess I think the Sega Nomad was Nomad. my first like console because it could play Genesis yeah, games, yeah, yeah. and then Man, Game Boy Pocket was Nomad. my first handheld system. I don't remember which one I got first, but 
they were they both were the very yeah. early days of, of my video game life. But anyway, all of that aside, uh, Link's Awakening was an early game that I got yeah. on it. And at that point, I had no familiarity with Zelda. Really? Um, was that your first one? Yeah, it was my first one. I mean, I, I remember like, like, I found out that like, oh, Zelda is really popular and like, you should check this out. And I think I like heard murmurings of Ocarina of Time, but I didn't know, ah. I didn't understand. And uh, Link's Awakening was my first experience with Zelda, and I loved it immediately. Mm-hmm. Hadn't played Zelda one or two or Link to the Past. Didn't have a Super Nintendo, uh, but just that, 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 that like music and that town is just so mm-hmm. burned. Because when you're a kid, you just get to appreciate things in a little bit of a different way, where it's like this is all I have, and so I'm just gonna play it and play it and play it and play it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, totally. And yeah, the the wackiness, seeing the Goombas for the first time, it yeah. was just such a cool experience. I do totally agree with you about having to constantly switch. It's it's legitimately annoying. Hubert, do you have any experience with Link's Awakening? I do not. So you'll be going in fresh for yeah. the remake. Yeah, going very in hyped. fresh yeah. for the remake. It's really fun. Um, I know everything about it. That's what I was going to ask. Unfortunately, you. but yeah, I feel it's like fine. Uh, Link's it's Awakening fine. is is not only old, but it's beloved to a point where people kind of ruin just everything. Freely, yeah, talk about mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so. so I'm sorry that we freely I, talked uh, about like it. Like the story, they <laughs> kind of like just present what it, what it is pretty early on in the game. Does that make you less excited to play no. the remake? No, no, no. Okay, very excited. Like the game doesn't treat that as like a a secret or anything like that. The game makes it really obvious pretty early on. Yeah. Where I was like, oh, I don't remember being this early. Anytime a Zelda game comes out, it's maximum hype, no matter what. Nice. So. Um, what was your first Zelda? The original, NES. The NES. Was Our, that? Uh, my neighbor, well, I had an NES. I didn't have the game, but my neighbor had the gold mm-hmm. cartridge. Yeah. I can remember just like that. Stand just the out. cartridge itself being such yeah. a thing. So I used to borrow it from him and play. Yeah, man, my, my experience with the NES was so limited. I played Mario and Mega Man. Like, I was just limited to what other people had in their houses. I mean, houses that's what it I was. Them. Yeah, bar um, Yeah, you, you had a game or a friend had it, and I was like, that's swap. it. No, I feel, like I, got, I feel like I got lucky, though, because I didn't play, like, any bad ones. I Like, my f- first super vivid gaming memory is Mega Man 2, and I was like, well, this is yeah. perfect. Yeah, uh, I lucked out, too. I didn't have a lot of bad games, luckily. But, yeah, I didn't play the original Legend of Zelda so much later, and mm-hmm. even playing it much later in my life, I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely a game that I think if it was your first Zelda and Zelda wasn't, like, kind of a super established thing mm-hmm. uh, in the way that it is now, it's it's challenging. It's confusing. Oh, yeah. It's Zelda one? yeah. Didn't beat it for yeah. sure. Yeah. I didn't beat a Zelda until I had linked, uh, Ocarina. On so, N64. As a kid. Because I got you, the gold cartridge of that, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, as a kid, when you kind of ran into those situations where it's like, oh, man, I don't know where to go, or this thing keeps destroying me, like, what was your method? Were you were you writing down notes? Were you yeah. just taking breaks? I have an older brother, cartridges? so we would, like, write things down. We would look in magazines anytime we were at stores, you know, if there was, like, a strategy guide there or there were like little tips in a game pro or something i would ask around like brad or other other friends had played it uh and then if still i was stuck i would just like move on to another game like it wouldn't would never really stress me out as a kid you know but now if i'm stuck on a game it's like i'm gonna beat this (laughs) but like i was way way okay with like no i'll just play a different game for now yeah like go back to it later used to like get to a point in a game and then just start over Mm-hmm. Happened so many times games back then growing up. 
get to this like Rocket Knight Adventures. Yeah, used to get to the end all the time and then just wipe and then yeah, just that game is hard. Started again. Yeah, that game is super. Yeah, do you brutal. know how many times yeah. I tried to beat Ninja yeah. Gaiden when I was a kid? <laughs> so many times. Yeah. I think uh, I, I agree with you. That was your methodology was very similar to mine. I didn't have a brother, but uh, I, I think what helped and what what made it so it wasn't really like weighing on you is you had. You, it's not like you just go on the internet or go to yeah. YouTube and watch uh, some master no. you know demonstrate how to do it. It was like you know I've done what I can. Exactly. I've used the tools available to mm -hmm. me. I mean that's not completely true. Of course, there were magazines, there were hotlines you could call. But it definitely felt a lot more limited. Never called a hotline. Amazing. I did. Always wanted to. That's where I found where the red ring was. The red ring you with your brother, right? Yeah. Yeah, you told me about this. Because yeah. we didn't know where it was. So sick. It's Ganon's castle. And I was like, where's that? So <laughs> sick. I think so I was in sick. like fourth or fifth grade. I don't remember. But I wrote a letter into Nintendo Power. That's sick. I think I told this story before. I, maybe I didn't. But uh, I wanted to know... I loved Smash 64 a lot, mm. but I didn't know how to get all the characters, and so I, I wrote, how do I unlock these characters? And I remember getting a letter back in the mail. That's like, awesome. And, yeah. Oh, it was it was a very exciting. I was genuinely giddy about just seeing like that's Nintendo amazing. in yeah, the mail at my cool. home. Yeah, that's Nintendo so cool. Power was, yeah. was pretty Link's awesome. Awakening. Check it's it out. Awakening. It's good. Yeah, uh, Brad, like I was saying, it's it's a game that's very near and dear to my heart. Yeah. Um, and sometimes I don't always know, like with fresh eyes, how they, they would feel. And so I'm curious, and I want to know, and I hope people reach out to us and say, like, when you play Link's Awakening, Hebrew, I want to hear from you too, yeah. like what you think of it and, yeah. and and how that stuff holds up. I mean, the I've played all the mainlines except Majora's Mask. Um I know it's a big, a big backlog. Been trying for a long time. I know. Well, because years ago I was like, "Dude, we got to stream it with like you guys and Damiani yeah. and yeah. Bossman. You guys love it." Um, shit, where was I going with that? Played all the main lines. Set Majora's mask. mask. Yeah. Oh, uh, Link Between Worlds, right? Yeah. Because I missed uh, Spirit Tracks and Fenrir. Yeah. So Link Between Worlds came out, and I was like, "Oh, it's handheld, you know," but I'm gonna give it a shot, like regardless. And ended up just over the moon with that game. That's one Link of the best. Between Worlds? That is like top three handheld games of all time. Yeah. So I, I, I feel I'm, I'm treating Link's Awakening kind of like that, where it's like a mainline but a spinoff kind of, mm -hmm. like a side game. You know, we just it's a side Oa, story. It's a side thing, but like I'm, I'm <clears throat> treating it kind of a, like a Link Between Worlds. The Zelda cycle is, is always like... It's always fascinating and it's always disappointing uh, because Zelda pr promotes like such strong feelings in people. Like, I rarely run into people where they're invested in Zelda and they're like, "Oh, whatever." I take it as they come. Like, they they take hard stances. Like, this is the best one. This is the worst one. They're all and I, and I feel like the cycle is you know starts with a lot of hype, gets strong immediate backlash then there's backlash to the backlash yes and then you get people are like it's good not great and you know we just keep spinning it's always, around every mainline mario and zelda game is just a 10 i'm i'm it's irrational i'm sorry but every single yeah. mainline mario <laughs> and zelda is perfection they are 10s what's the Nothing worst better what's than the one worst of main mario mainline mario in your opinion probably mario 2 yeah Mario Still Let's, a great game, though, man. It's so good. Still. It is. It is. It's you really know? good. It is. <laughs> like, but that doesn't. Does that? It's so. Does that count? <laughs> Two. Yeah. Because it's like a reskin. Yeah. yeah. I guess it counts. His name's on it. He's on the box. 
He's like jumping. Even, you know, I think of like Not one Japan, and though. three in world and six, like tens, ten, ten, all tens. So what's the, the weakest Zelda? To, oh, I don't, I've never finished Zelda 2. I've just played mm. a little bit, so I can't really Zelda speak. Zelda 2 is very challenging. Yeah, <laughs> I can't really speak to that one. Mm. Um, my least favorites, it would either be the original or Skyward Sword. But I would still give Lucas Games 10, dude. Yeah. Skyward Sword is phenomenal. I... Skyward Sword is is so good. derided quite a bit, and like, I think there's so many valid things to criticize about that game. There's some decisions that are baffling. I know, but like, to the depths of my soul, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I yeah. love it's, Skyward I, it's Sword so, so much. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Just something about the way that that world is presented. Some of those dungeons are unreal. Some of those boss fights are unreal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it does some annoying repetitive dumb things but at the end of the day like i couldn't get enough yeah. like any game that makes it so i'm playing you for like eight or more hours a day yeah. and i can't stop unless i'm forced to yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and then you just think about said game constantly even yeah. years later yeah. mm-hmm. like i still think about all the zeldas i've played yeah. here and there you know thinking about Opponent's Ranch or whatever. Or what is the <laughs> Long Lawn Ranch. Long Lawn Ranch and her like Gearheim boss fight yeah. or mm-hmm. Rain yeah. Link to the Past. Yeah, you need like, to play Majora's Mask, man. Yeah. One day. I I, that would be a great game to stream. With this you Halloween guys. Yeah. stream, dude. Full we'll playthrough. It'd be good. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I Just seeing your reactions to, to some of those stories and some of those events, I think, would be really good. Yeah, cool. we'll have to make sure he gets all the masks. Um, I yeah, want to give him. You guys there? I'll be like. Oh, dude, I haven't played Majora's Mask fully so long. <laughs> so bummed I missed it. It's just like you couldn't get as many games as a kid, you know. Absolutely. So I probably 2000, bought yeah. like probably bought like Battle Tanks instead or something. Battle like, Tanks was <laughs> fun, dude. Uh, you know, you know how you talked about like just bouncing off games and as a kid and being like, oh, you know, I just can't get any farther. I'm not feeling it. There's a game that that happened to me, and I was so excited to get it. And I just wasn't feeling it, and I'd like to revisit it. It's Donkey Kong 64. Yeah. Like, I just didn't... It, it didn't make my heart sing the way that Banjo-Kazooie did. So, uh, uh, this game apparently is, like, some divisive, It is. It's crazy very divisive. Okay. It's very divisive. I have not replayed it in a while, but I... I haven't played it since... Yeah, when it beginning came is. out, yeah. I played that thing so much, especially the multiplayer. Mm-hmm. The multiplayer was... Awesome. That's the only thing I remember. Haven't played it since. Could be terrible, but I know when I played it, I really enjoyed it for a while. Need to revisit Donkey Kong 64. Yeah. Put it on the list. I played that like three years ago, some of it. No. Don't I don't like it. Don't. It's, it's very tedious. Yeah. A lot of those N64 games, dude, I'm afraid to But it's to go like, I to. think about like Banjo-Kazooie, because it's the same people. I'm mm-hmm. just like, Banjo-Kazooie is so much a better game. Did it come out after? Yeah. No, Do- no, Donkey Kong came out after. Oh. It's kind of ridiculous how good Banjo-Kazooie still is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Banjo hype. Uh, yeah. I want to give back. a shout out to Where's a game. Banjo-Kazooie? They brought him back and it sucked. Yeah, bring it fully back. <laughs> you know, I, I've only like messed around with Nuts and Bolts. I haven't really taken a deep dive what on it. What if I told you that's all you want to do yeah. when you play it? Is just mess around? Yeah. yeah. You're like, dude, check out this map. I want to explore and there platform all of it. And you, you just can't. There are yeah. a few things in life where I've just felt 
Brad's disappointment so hard. Yeah, I was, I was upset. When dude. Brad got nuts and bolts. I was just like, what, dude? Like, it's a depression. I was so open-minded, so, too, about yeah. it. You're like, dude, this is fun, man. I'm like, like oh, it'll be cool, like, building yeah. stuff. It could be cool, man. Banjo's back. Yeah. And we just play it for, like, like a day later, four dude. hours. Just like, oh, Nah, I hate this. I don't want to do any more races. Brad, I feel like you're describing my my exact experience with Final Fantasy 13, where I was just it, like, "Sure, this is cool." And then, yeah, you you know, you know, yeah. at a certain point, they're just like, "Nope, that's just not, nope." Uh, I want to give a shout out to a game that uh, Ian was talking about, and actually Justin Spear from the Game Show those days. I don't know if we honest remembers him. Uh, but they, he he was like, hey, you should check this out. And I didn't know anything about it. Apparently, it's getting uh, a decent amount of buzz. Um, but I'm glad I didn't know anything about it. It, it kind of helped. It's called Baba Is You. Oh, yeah. I, w- I was curious about this game. Yeah. So, uh, just started this game just kind of based on that, that word of mouth. And it is such a cool game. It's a puzzle game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the way that it works is you kind of have this screen and there's a goal that you need to get to, like a flag. And so if your your character touches the flag, you beat the level. Oh. Uh, but the way that it works is there are these blocks and it will kind of dictate the logic of the level. So it'll say Baba and you look like this little white dog creature uh, is you. And so because you have that structure, Baba is you, you, the player, are controlling this white little dog. However, you can't... These, these, these blocks are physical things in the world that you can push and manipulate. So you can go and you can be like, okay, well, I'm going to replace Baba with rock. And suddenly I'm controlling the rock in the level. Got it. And you can make that even crazier where you can be like, wall is you. Hmm. And you're controlling like the this huge wall and you're just shifting Whoa. it so you can get to the goal. But if you have, if you like push something, like let's say you, you have Baba is you and you push the Baba and so you just have nothing is you, then you're just frozen because you don't exist. Whoa. And so you it, it really... It's such a cool game because it's not like it's sitting there tutorializing you. It is kind of taking you through these ideas one by one and getting you to think in this really crazy way. And it's the setups to the puzzles are interesting in the sense that like uh, just you have to get creative and you're constantly learning new things with every single level. But it, it goes beyond that. You realize like how you're kind of conditioned to think about certain things. And so there's like there's levels where there's lava and you just you know without needing to see anything in the game, like don't touch lava, lava is bad, don't do that. But in order to get by this level, you need to be able to change these Lot these logic things in order to be like push the lava, make the lava safe, and so you just have to kind of get your brain to be like, oh, like I know that's bad. I know I shouldn't do that. I know in any other video game this would be bad, but here if I play around with it and I change the rules, I'll be able to get by. And it's it's so 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 clever. It's like kind of infuriating how clever this game is, <laughs> uh, and that it goes beyond just the the design of it. It's been a long time since a video game has made me feel this moronic. Oh my where, god. Where like you'll just you'll get to a new level and I was talking to Ian about this, we kind of both had uh, the same sensation. You'll get to a new level and you're like, huh. Yeah, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> like you're just you just sit there not moving, staring at it, trying to figure out uh, what it wants. It's not necessarily a mark against the game. Yeah. Uh, it makes it so much 
more satisfying when you do figure it out that you're not just sleeping through these. Um, but, Got a question for yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily about the game specifically. But sure. Just I, I love video games. Yeah. <laughs> I love the right. video game industry because I feel like so often now these sleeper games come out of nowhere and like grab a hold of the public consciousness for a minute. You know, I think of like Undertale coming out of nowhere, yeah. going home, Papers, Please, you know, these games that just kind of sneak up. But I feel like their moment is so brief and quick, right? So like this Baba is You, I feel like if I don't play this immediately, the ship has sailed. Or like it's not as special, you know, like I waited to play Gone Home or Stanley Parable. There are so, it's like just a massive amount of hype immediately and then nothing. So then when I go back after the fact, mm. it's like I don't get as much out of it. Do you have that feeling? Is that just me, Ben? Or do you think this game is so clever and fun that it'll just last for a while? Or, or what's kind of your take on that? I think there's a lot to unpack with that question. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I, I think uh, in with indie games specifically, uh, like Baba is You is not trying to be a graphical powerhouse. It's very no. simply presented. It is, it is about the ideas that it has. That's, that's the whole thing is you kind of being like, oh, what a, what a great inventive way to do a puzzle game. Um, and w- when you, I feel like when you get a big AAA game, it's like, well, how does it look? How does it sound? What's the end game like? Like you have all these expectations, whereas here it's like, this is bringing me something that I didn't even know that I wanted. So mm-hmm. I think maybe that's why you feel that, where it's not like, yeah, it's another one of these types of games. It's yeah. something brand new, and so you don't want to miss that moment. You want to be there as people are trying to figure it out together. You don't want to be yeah. there when everybody's already figured it out yeah. and it's not exciting yeah. anymore. I get that, and I, I think that's fair, and I think in this case it can apply. Um, but I don't necessarily know if I agree with the idea that these indie game moments are, are always so short-lived. I think a lot of things... In life, it seems like everything is getting more and more short-lived. But there are indie games that, like, still... I still think about. Like, uh, this game made me think about The Witness and how much I enjoyed that and how much of an impact that left on me. It really wasn't this, like, passing experience. Mm -hmm. Super Meat Boy, Inside, uh, Limbo. um, Like, Inside, I was there at the moment, so that one stays with me forever. Yeah. But Undertale, I missed, and it's been so hyped. But... Yeah, Undertale is a good example. I I know so much about it now, just like it's passive nature and, you know. But here's the thing. I feel like I know so much, so it's like I don't get to experience and figure it all out with everyone, you know. I think there are some experiences where having that moment with everybody is Mm -hmm. is really the excitement. I love that. But I I think some things can be so strong that they transcend that, mm-hmm. uh, where where even if you've you've heard people talk about it so much that you just want them to shut up, the thing is so good that it still feels new to you. That there's nothing that anybody can say that can really take away how special it is. Mm-hmm. I actually think Undertale is like that. Cool. I I think high on my to list. me at least what I've played, uh, nothing has quite captured Undertale. The way that Undertale has, it's it, and it gets it gets by on on very basic things. It, it's like, oh, I've never seen a game try to do combat like this. I've never seen a game have writing like this. I've never seen a game kind of present characters in this way. And like, 
Yeah, there was definitely an Undertale wave. I think, Huber, if you played Undertale now, it, it is a good chance that it would still leave a huge impression mm -hmm. on you, for sure. Just like, I think, you know, there, there are games that we love. I think you can still play RE1 Remake and... Oh yeah, and have that leave an impact on yeah, you. It transcends. Like it kind of feels like there's a window, right? Like mm. the like Journey, say, is a good example of like mm. so much hype for a while, and then it kind of like disappears, and then kind of like swells up again. There's yeah. more Journey hype, so. but it probably it swells up again because that goodness mm. is still there. Yeah. You know, the time hasn't yeah. affected it too much. It's a good question, though. But yeah, How Bob far is are you in, uh, Bob? I'm on the second world, so I'm still very early on. Um, and it's, it is just, you know, 100% it, it, <laughs> having those moments where I'm like, it, like just solving a level kind of feels like a feat. Like you solve one, you're yeah. like, okay, I'm done for a minute. No idea if I'm going to finish this game. <laughs> yeah. And even if, if, even if I do, it'll be extremely slow going. Have it'll they... be like, okay, I solved a level, I'm done for today. Yeah. I imagine that that is That's how cool. I, I like that, it. though. Yeah. yeah. Have they done anything that has, like, completely surprised you? Like, Huber? Big spoilers. Like, yeah, without spoiling yeah, it. Without, like, yeah, absolutely. Like shocking, without, like, whoa. Without spoiling it, it it happens so far, obviously still at the beginning, mm -hmm. uh, but so far that has been the very, very beginning to cool. where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Like, cool. uh in the beginning, in the very beginning there, there is, like, some kind of, like, oh, okay, like, that's kind of how I expected it to work. But that vanishes super quickly. Um, and I, even that stuff, I would say, kind of carries an element of, wow, yeah. oh, like, you know, we, we always talk about the aha moment in puzzles. Mm -hmm. It's, like, you know those, when you were a kid and you you had those images where, like, you had to like stare at him stare at him to like yeah, yeah. I love those. Yeah. that's what it feels like nice. where you just kind of keep staring at and it then and it then suddenly you like peer through it and you're like oh that's cool the what i'm looking at if i just look at it this way it completely changes and it's a really incredible feeling um nice yeah I and i just wish the moments would last longer i guess that's kind of where i was coming from you know i actually had a long <laughs> conversation uh with abby about that where i'm like man even if something is really, really good and people talk about it, it seems like the most we get is like a month. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think part of that is just there's so much stuff that, mm -hmm. like, what do you do? Yeah. But um, the, the moment that I always think about is when Ocarina of Time happened, I felt like I was talking about Ocarina of Time Forever. with friends for years. Yeah, we're like, still doing it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we still are, but, I mean, it was just like – you would hang out with them and you talk about it or you play it. Like it wasn't something that you were over with in a month. It was something that yeah. was so good. It, it, it kind of dominated your life for a very long time. And I, I, I long for those experiences yeah. too, but it's also our job to constantly talk about new things. Mm -hmm. You know, the time you, by the time you finish with a review, you get cool. a new one. Baba is you, dude. Baba, Baba is you. you. Yeah, I'm fifteen dollars. Like hey, fifteen bucks. That's what I'm talking about. I feel like I could beat like maybe World One. That's my goal. Don't undersell yourself. Yeah, I think that I would like get good my good bang for your buck. <laughs> Go in world. with the the goal of finish World One. Anything after that's a bonus. I think you can. I'm gonna I'm gonna further. throw this at you. <laughs> for this specifically. It's not like you're experiencing a story. It's not, well, I mean, <laughs> as far as I know, based on what has been presented to me so far. PC, right? Uh, I'm playing it on PC. You can also play it on Switch. Um, 
I don't know if it's beyond those two, but I know cool. you can do it on those. Uh, I also felt this way about The Witness, where, like, not that finishing is, is bad or you shouldn't do it, but really it's just to kind of experience this super, super novel, cool, new idea. Um, you know, play it, enjoy it in your own way, and just kind of get that experience. Uh, that gives me, when you're talking about it, like, reminds me of Portal, like this weird concept for the first time playing yeah. through it. Like, that's just exciting. Like, even, like just figuring it out is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it. I, and yeah, that's, totally. that's what it was. That's why that whole that my whole like side tangent came of like these games that come out and just have all this hype for a minute is because I feel like indie games specifically always have some magic to it where it's like you're right. figuring something out and something is surprising you. You know, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just catches you off guard, you know? I, it's that Mario 64 feeling mm-hmm. of cool. let me change the way I think about games, right? Yeah. And, and I feel like there's a lot of that spirit there. Like, Undertale has that spirit of let's, you like, we don't, guys, we don't have to do RPGs like this. We can do it a new way. Yeah. Um, and that's, to me, that's kind of what Baba is you is saying is like, here's a new way to kind of have puzzle solving. And it's so really, really cool. cool. Yeah. I, I, uh, I recommend it. And, yeah, want to play more of it, but I also might just grind out the division too. Quick, uh, Opposite end of the spectrum. Quick research break. Do you mind, man? Absolutely. That gives Brad and I time yeah. to talk about Devil May Cry Five. Ooh, bang, 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 bang. Brad, Devil May Cry Five has been a long time coming. Hell yeah. Uh, I reviewed it. Devil May Cry has just been kind of like the number one thing on my mind for a while for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, how did it? Hit you, man. Hit me good. Uh, Devil May Cry 4, I think it was 2008. Yep. I think. That's right. Like, when I started playing 5, I was like, dude, it's been like 11 years since mm-hmm. since 4. I mean, I know there's DMC, but it's way different. Yeah. Way different vibe. Mm-hmm. Felt good to be back. Nice. Um, so, three different characters, mm-hmm. Dante, Nero, and V. Uh, how did they kind of, I don't know, what, what did you think of V, the newest Edition, the most different edition. Uh, I think he's he's a very interesting character. Yeah, he's extremely different from Dante and Nero. I mean, Dante and Nero they they play completely different, also, but they have like the sword, the gun, kind of thing like that. You know, you're going up to him as you're slashing with V. You're a summoner. You're you are physically. You're not really physically hitting them that often. Yeah. So you have these these badass like Raven, or I guess he's like a vulture more so, kind of uh, a panther and a golem fighting with you. And it's a, you're a summoner playing in an action game when summoners are usually more. I feel like static characters. You sick your your pet on someone. And it's more just an auto attack. Like we we're. I was thinking of WoW earlier. Like you send your void walker on a guy. You know, he's just kind of hitting him yeah. while you're cast stuff. But this, you're actively, like, using these summons as, like, a fight, as, like, a, sorry, like a Devil May Cry action game. They all have specific moves, like, that are super complex moves, just like Nero and Dante. Like, you're not switching weapon types or anything like that, but, like, these guys have different moves specifically for each uh, creature you're taking control of. So you got your forward and, uh, forward and triangle or whatever with one. You got forward and triangle again with the other. That's a completely different move, and you're mixing yeah. them together at the same time. It's really... It's not as complex as the other two, but I'd say it's pretty damn complex for a, like a summoner I've never seen before. Yeah, uh, I also like that 
they the 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 things that you're summoning your pets cannot kill the things you have you to have go to in, physically kill you have them. to put yourself at risk and they just do it in the flashiest way i mean v porting over to a weakened enemy and yeah. having like different animations depending on what you're killing i think it's smart really cool. they don't have to run over to all of them they yes. could just kind of oh, teleport yeah. to them because it would be kind of it would slow the flow down quite a bit i think yeah and it just wouldn't feel stylish, right? I yeah. mean, if you have a game that's all up, about being stylish, yeah. When you're setting up combos with these other things, if you just had to awkwardly run over, you know, they account for that. They yeah. make it fit within the the kind of rhythm of combos. And I just, cool. I never get tired of just using Devil Trigger and him just snapping and the golem coming yep. down. I never get tired of that. Yeah. Um, with the other characters, with Nero and Dante, I think something that really impressed me is. There's so many devil breakers. There's yeah, so there's many weapons that Dante gets. There's and he has all these different styles and there's all these new skills that you can learn. I was just kind of amazed where it was like, "Oh wow, you have this huge web of options and they're all like everything feels like it has a place." Mm-hmm. And if you take the time to not go beyond like, oh, "Okay, I'm just comfortable with this." If you're constantly expanding your horizons, you see immediate rewards. Yeah. And that is so immensely Yeah, satisfying. I feel like you will f- inevitably fall into your kind of favorite double breakers sure. ex- uh, specifically, but I feel like they're all pretty useful. Yeah. I never really get one. I'm like, oh, man, this one sucks. I just like, get rid of it immediately. Like yeah. I do use it for a little bit, even if I do ditch it. I mean, because you're kind of supposed to in combat. Right. But I feel like they're pretty dang useful for how much stuff is in this game, actually. Yeah. Um... Even Devil Breakers, like, I remember getting Ragtime at first, and I was like, okay, that's cool, but I'm going to stick with these other things. Then I was like, oh, no, I'm going to give Ragtime another shot. And I was like, oh, this is crazy. This is so useful. Uh, But it can't do everything. It's not like Ragtime is doing all this damage and giving me all this mobility. It's just slowing down time, and mm-hmm. I need to kind of mold myself with Nero around this Yeah, you change breaker. how you play it with yeah, the specific I, arm. I love that so much. What do you think about the boss fights? Uh, pretty good. I think they get better as it goes on. Yeah. I think around the halfway point where I was like, whoa, this is a good boss fight. A really specific one, I don't want to say. But I feel like they progress usually better and better and better and better as they go on. Some of them are just okay. Yeah. I didn't feel like any of them were really bad that I remember. Like, some are just, eh, that's fine. Sure. But I feel like they do get better. Especially, like, I think the end of the game's boss fights are very good. Huber, uh, we just talked about missing moments, and you are reviewing The Division 2. You've got a lot on your plate. Haven't been able to play Devil May Cry 5. Yeah. Not... Depression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, not a not a guilt trip, but actually no. depressed. Does it kind of make you anxious when like everybody's talking about it or playing it, and you're like, oh, I can't be there yet, but I want to be. Yeah, because uh, you know, Devil May Cry, like getting the first game on PS2, that was like, dude, launching someone up in the air, like, whoa, double pistols. That was yeah. like a Crazy. moment of my youth. Yeah, I will never forget. Um. And yeah, it's just been one of my favorite franchises for a long time. So it, it hurt not being there Thursday 9 p.m., mm-hmm. Monday 9 p.m., whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. Like launch night. Feels like everyone's kind of like been there, done that as soon as Sekiro comes out, like DMC, old news. But you've been doing something, and I, I love that you do this. You do this with so many things. You're also doing it with Game of Thrones. Do it uh, with the most important things I love. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're playing through older games, and so you just finished Devil May Cry 3, mm-hmm. and uh, you're playing through Devil May Cry 4. Yeah. Uh, how long has it been since you've visited those things? Uh, th- w- their launch systems. So I got the HD collection on PS3, and I meant to go back and play them because I had only played them on, on PS2. Yeah. Um, didn't get around to it. 
then the PS4 collection came out. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, now's the time. Finished one and two like a year and a half ago, and then just finished three, and now I'm on four. Had finished four, obviously, when it came out, too, on 360. Two, two is a game, man, that, like, I thought was so bad to the point where I was like, I need to revisit it to make sure I still feel mm-hmm. that way. Boy, do I. That <laughs> game, like... Not very good. Yeah, it just doesn't understand what Devil May Cry is. But anyway... Three um, is so cool. Yeah. Three is, like, a good return to form. Three is insane. Just ramped up. Yeah. Going back to four, In though... Did it kind of change your mind on Nero at all, or do you I kind of have the same? Yeah, my you always favorite, Nero. Yeah, my favorite thing when four came out was Nero. Yeah, like I loved Nero. Yeah, um, the that it was the only thing I remembered really mm-hmm. was Nero from mm-hmm. four, and just loving it to death. Um, so Brad in yeah. Devil May Cry Five, you're changing between characters. So yeah. you'll do a chunk as this character, and then another one, and then. You might be able to choose or you'll bounce around. How did the kind of general pacing of the game work for you? Were you always, when that switch happened, were you always ready and excited for it? Did it disappoint yeah, you? Yeah, I feel like they gave you, like, especially in the beginning, they give you, like, three maybe missions as Nero, then you switch to V. They give you, like, a little time to sink into the character and kind of feel them out. Yeah. They don't go one mission switch, one mission switch. They give you some time to, like, really understand the character. Then they switch a little there. Then you get to the big boy Dante, <laughs> and when you get to Dante, you are so ready for Dante. Yeah, like that's that's the moment, man. Uh, is is so you finished Devil May Cry Five on on Devil Hunter? Yeah, uh, I just beat it once. Are you looking forward to playing it on other? I you ready to do. Take a break? I do want to play the hard difficulties. I played yesterday, and I was just getting S ranks for the normal difficulty, yeah. just because I wanted to. Yeah, but I do want to go back and play on the harder difficulties because it was a little too easy for me. Yeah, like I wanted a little more pushback. Brad, I hundred percent agree yeah. on Devil Hunter. Um, but Son of Sparta is yeah, that's what yeah, like. Playing Son of Sparta, you're like, why doesn't everyone put this much love and care into their difficulties? Yeah. Like it, it just feels right, man. The That's a rare feeling to me. It feels like that. It's so good. I have a question for you. Yeah. Multiplayer with mm-hmm. this game. What do you think about it? I think it was an interesting idea that didn't pay off really. Yeah, that's a good way of, of doing it. The way the way that I would describe it is like inoffensive but also forgettable. Yeah. Where the way that it works, uh, to kind of explain it to the audience, is you'll go into missions, and if at certain times, and even there are specific rooms where it's like, okay, you're going to be with, uh, like, the ghost data of this player, and you can rank them on how stylish they are, and it it's just kind of like a thing that happens, um, and it's neat, and it's it's kind of novel at first, but you kind of get to a point where it you you're never forced to really interact with th- this other thing mm-hmm. in a meaningful way, and it doesn't really change how you really approach combat in a way. Um, but I think the reason why it's not this huge detraction for me is also exactly for those reasons. It didn't make the game any worse. Right. It wasn't taking away from combat. It wasn't taking away from the storytelling in a way that I thought was dramatic. I just thought it was. I was just kind of whatever. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I just thought it was weird because I'd finish a mission and it had me rate someone, and I had no idea that I was even playing with another person at the time. Like yeah. I never saw anyone the whole time. Yeah. They're like rate this person. I'm like wait, what? I didn't even see this person. Right. No, right. Right. Stylish. Whatever. Yeah. Just take it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly, Brad. I think it's just this. This. Exactly like you described. We're like, wait, what? Okay, uh, it's just sort of a whatever thing. Um, 
I love more uh, Resident Evil 6 style. Co-op, what do you mean? Where when you would sync up with two other players for boss oh. fights and stuff. Brett, the junction points. Mm. Like, I, I, I feel like there's some magic there that. Yeah, I mean, they kind of like kind of tease it or do that a little in this game I, like once or twice maybe just based on the implementation we're seeing here i wonder if at one point there was kind of oh pr- a more of a, a, a co-op a, or, yeah, oh yeah i think there focus. was probably dude. and i wonder like if they would go again if that like you would see like i think explicit s- implementation scalebound was gonna do something like that too yeah it was maybe it was. everyone was like have, yep that was a big thing that maybe they're around the same time players. thinking of that then they're just like eh, this doesn't really work yeah, the uh, the multiplayer is a good. I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because it is just a, such a whatever thing in Devil May Cry Five. The other thing that I think to bring up is you just get to a point where you're kind of swimming in gold orbs, um, and what gold orbs do is you either find them out in the world, or when you get when people are rating you stylish, if you they, they happen to get linked up with you, you can get gold orbs. Um, and just for logging into the game, you yeah. get a gold orb. Logging so you boot bonus. it up, and it'll be like, hey, you get one gold orb. What gold orbs do is they revive you, and they just completely restore you uh, at the spot where you died. And talking to Matt Walker from Capcom, he was like, hey, we want to give people options. Like, however you want to approach Devil May Cry, we want to make it comfortable for you. And as somebody who's been familiar with the series, I was like, man, like you guys went too far with this. Like I, it feels like you're overdoing it, mm-hmm. especially on Devil Hunter. But I was like, man, there are also a lot of people that are playing this for the first time. Yep. And if they get to a boss that they really struggle with and they just want to move on, I think that's okay. I think it could have been done maybe a little bit more elegantly than it was done here. I just, I feel like you get just too many though, period. Yeah. I just think too just, many. I think you just get too yeah, many. Yeah, I think just hearing from what you guys have said and you too, Ben, about the harder difficulties is just like they wanted to make sure that right. anyone could pick this up and get through on normal. Yeah, yeah. totally. And, and when you get to Son of Sparta, it was like, yeah. oh, okay, like this, this is where... If you want that challenge, yeah. you can get it. Yeah, We've got more difficulties cool. beyond this. I wonder yeah. if they will maybe so. like patch it later to just have that available from the outset. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, there is something you can do to get higher difficulties, but it is oh. not necessarily going to be obvious right. uh, at the gate. Um, got it. But yeah, I, I, I do think options are a good thing, and I think you do have to understand that, like, hey, it's okay if somebody wants to do this. Sure. Another thing that, that kind of helps it for me is... There are fights later on where I was like, no, 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 not using a, a gold orb for this. And you actually get an achievement yeah. for making it through a couple of missions without doing that. Which I is nice. used one at the end of the game because I had so many. Mm-hmm. Same for the final And boss. I was just like, whatever, I'll just use one to see what it does. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think that could have been handled a little bit more elegantly. But the the, the things that like I cared about the most... Um, Really came through, and obviously I the biggest thing that I I came through away from is just the combat. Like, yeah. the more that I play it, especially on Son of Sparta, it is some of the best combat I've ever experienced in it's an action good. game. Like, it it feels like it's taking this step. It's taking everything you've loved about Devil May Cry and amplifying it in really smart ways. Um, just like styles in Devil May Cry Three or like the Devil Bringer in Devil May Cry 4, where you're like, this really fits naturally and organically in the things that Devil May Cry already does well. I feel like that happens in Devil May yeah, Cry 5. Totally. I think the Devil Breakers fit so naturally. I think the new weapons that Dante get fit so naturally. Um, and it just, like, I love when you're playing a game and it's like, wow, they, they really, like, thought this through. They understand this on such the a depth. fundamental level. Yeah. How's the song? Uh, you can appreciate it. It's good. Oh, it's good. I yeah. used it a lot. It's good. I, I think... 
I think like every weapon. I has think a use, this yeah. game nailed what Devil May Cry needed to nail from mm-hmm. a fan's pers- like a certain fan base perspective. Like the the tone is way more in line with previous DMCs or Devil May Cry's compared to DMC. Like I like DMC, but like people had problems with it. Like mm-hmm. the tone and the combat's very different. This kind of like goes back to what people wanted from four, I would say, and it delivers on it. Yeah. Um, and I'm also just so glad that they've made an experience that you just want to keep playing. Yeah. Like, it's you, just so fun getting man, combat. W- when you see what happens and you finish it, you're just hungry for more. Yeah. And like the combat is so good that like you could just lock me in a room with nothing but white walls yeah. and white ceiling and floor and just enemies, and I, you'd still have a good time just because you have so many options. And they're awesome. And I do want to talk about the story really mm-hmm. quickly. Uh I dug it. It's not perfect. It definitely has some flaws. Right. Um, I think some developments could have been treated with a, a bit more, not care, but just given it a little bit more room to breathe. Uh, but Nico, a new character, I think just fits in so well, man. Yeah. Um, she, because in, in Devil May Cry 4, uh, Nero is going after his love, Kyrie, um, and he doesn't really have a lot to, to bounce off of. Just like um, Dante, pretty much. Yeah, and he yeah, runs and it into really, some... It's like not even that much. really throws like, you into the game and expects you to know quite a bit. It's just like, all right, there's... Like, everything's established. Like, the order and the guy. Yeah, like, it is. It like, is. what is all this? Um, and I, I just think, <laughs> like, Nico kind of acting as, as this buddy, kind of acting as this foil to, to Nero, mm-hmm. uh, works so well. Good contrast like, to him. They, they play off each other in such a way where it's like, oh, man, I, like, I'm even more endeared to Nero, and, and this person is really, really funny. Um, and that just kind of keeps happening. The, the core characters keep interacting and how they're intertwined and why they're together and why they're doing what they're doing. I think it ends up being uh, interesting enough uh, that it makes – the build-up and the reveals exciting, and I think that's that's what you want. Yeah, nice for sure. Uh, Brad, yes. You said big boy Dante. Big boy Dante. The demons of the frame trap realm are already afraid of Dante, and so when you call him big boy Dante, oh, they know they get extra scared, and so that is going to put us into the frame trap realm. Uh, for those of you who are listening for the first time or you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, this is a show where we talk a lot about what we've been playing, and so it's just kind of a, a way to kind of break up that conversation, do something uh, a little bit different before we talk about games <clears throat> again. And uh, we're doing something different this time, and I don't want to explain it too much, but what I want you to do, Huber, give me three games that you love just that immediately come to mind. Devil May Cry 1, Resident Evil 2, and God of War Mm. 2018. Okay. Brad, give me three games that you love that immediately come to mind. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. Sekiro. <laughs> Sekiro saved Dragon! I played it, though. I love it. Gotcha. <laughs> and okay. Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay. All right. The you reason- said that came to mind, dude. I just hey, spit it out. <laughs> no, Brad, I love it. I love it. You're not... You're fine. That's beautiful, in fact. We're going to do a uh, uh, little Kill Your Babies, taking a page oh. out of the Hanks playbook. Um, but the way that we're going to do it is, uh, Huber, you're going to evaluate these games, and you're going to kill one of Brad's darlings, uh. and then he's going to kill one of yours. Oh, no. Um, but bef- Spiteful. But before we do that, 
uh, just very quickly. It can only be a couple sentences if you want. Uh, explain to me why you like Devil May Cry 1 so much, Huber. Uh, atmosphere. Super, super atmosphere. Spot on. Wouldn't change a single torch location in this game. Beautiful. Feels good. Resident Evil 2. Are we talking remake or OG? OG. Okay. OG. Um, <laughs> Bioweapons. I love the short answers. Yeah, that's all Justified. Yep. yep. All yep. right. Bioweapons. Yep. God of War 2018. Uh, bonds. Okay. Like it. Brad, Final Fantasy VII. Uh, materia System. Okay. Sekiro. <laughs> Prosthetic Arm. Final Fantasy Tactics. Job Jobs, system. Jobs, dude. Yeah. Jobs. You said you said that the way you say bonds, and so like I'm thinking jobs, about like, dude. Jobs. Meaningful jobs, jobs. Yeah. Meaningful which is true. Jobs. Which is true, but all right. Wait, uh, I do. I'm so hyped for the tactics remake. So hyped. What tactics remake? It's the coming. one he's gonna will into it's existence. Coming. We'll get it. They like kind of did one already. Were, kind I of. I was like in the back of my mind. I'm like, I know he's just playing, but I, I also <laughs> think that there might be. We'll get it. Do it. Based on the way that he's talking, tactics will reveal itself again. Here I will be. So so happy. It's not if it's, it's not super down. high budget yeah. tactics remake. Woo! Yes. Huber, uh, eliminate Final Fantasy VII, Sekiro, or Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay, no tactics. ill will. Pick one. Yeah, there's no, no, Ill, Ill, no Ill, Ill will. Just playing a game. Just playing a game. Just pick one. Is it the original Final Fantasy VII? Yeah, dude. Remakes yeah, we're gonna bump out. that to make way for the, for the remake. remake. Yeah, no. that's my logic. Okay. We're, we're Pushing it aside for now. The okay. remake's coming. You know, you've had your time in the sun, Final Fantasy You're VII, clearing space. for decades. <laughs> let's see. Let's see what uh, what else can happen. When the Morse Let cooking. it be known yeah. from Final Fantasy VII, yeah. Sekiro, and Final Fantasy Tactics, the first game yeah. you were eliminated in order to make room for the remake, yeah. Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> Brad, eliminate DMC1, Resident Evil 2, or God of War 2018? Uh, DMC1. <clears throat> I love DMC one. Uh, I think it's kind of rough though. Yeah. Like I love the environments. It's just on my mind. That's what I love yeah. about DMC one is the environments, like the puzzle kind of stuff like that. But I think it's real good. Okay, so Brad hates Devil May Cry one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> Huber eliminates Sekiro or Final Fantasy Tactics. Just do it. Dude, I gotta eliminate. Why are we doing this? <laughs> this is why. This, this is, is why. torture this for you. This is torture. This. this is why we're doing. All right. This. Because I don't want to mess with the tactics remake or reboot that's coming. I'm going to eliminate Sekiro. <laughs> it's not even out yet. It'll, it's a 10 already. It's going to be a 10. <laughs> Just to be 100% clear, I don't want to mess we don't with... know anything about a Final Fantasy Tactics remake. We have no inside information. <laughs> yeah. Huber just believes just will, this is yeah, happening. Just willing that. I don't want to mess with the vibes. Huber, so. I'm gonna tell Miyazaki you hate. <laughs> yeah, you hate. Yeah, <laughs> Brad. Brad will get a chance yeah. to interview Miyazaki. Yeah, like, hey, hey, I'll point, I will point Huber this out. Sekiro, <laughs> Sekiro yeah. is safe. This guy. Tactics, this guy did it. Tactics. We need the energy. I feel we like need the positive vibes. I feel vibes. like he'd be cool with that. For Final yeah. Fantasy Tactics, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah. I would kill him." Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Brad, you have to eliminate either OGRE2 or God of War 2018. <sighs> I'm going to kill 
God of War. I think RE2 is fantastic. So why? And why I just played it recently, and it holds the hell up. Yeah, you did. So is that the driving force behind the decision? Is how recently you played? Resident and I, it holds the hell up, and it's it's like I can't replace it over the remake because they're so different. Can't do it. I think they coexist. To be honest with you, I, I think dream if dream is a reality. If you have to eliminate two things out of three and one of those things like it, on the list is Resident Evil I think Hubert wanted you to leave Resident Evil oh I know he did yeah. but it wasn't a pander yeah like I no, love Resident no, Evil too I, yeah not a pander it's so good since that was brutal uh, for for both of you I'm actually gonna have you both break us out of the frame trap realm but before we get there this little segment is sponsored by some wonderful people first of those people is Greg the Dark Knight Kettering Thank you, Greg, for your continued support. Next, we have Zotag, who says, Hi, allies, with the hype train for Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers pulling out of the station. I wanted to send out an invite to any allies on the Mattias server or greater Aether data center to join our free company or cross-world link shell. Search Zotag up on Twitter at Zotag, that is X-O-T-I-G, and send him a message. Whether you're just starting out in Eorzea or have been playing for years, let's get ready for Shadowbringers together. Thank you, Zotag. For your continued support. Next, we have JoJo's Dent Co. Thank you, JoJo's Dent Co. Next, we have Accounts Payable. Thank you, Accounts Payable. And we're still continuing that wonderful Accounts Payable thing where we, and by we, I mean one of you guys, get to shout out anything you want. It could be anything in the world. It could be a concept. Um, Captain Marvel. Okay. Captain Marvel, shout out. Shout out. Thank you for your support, Accounts Payable. Next, we have what is so much fun to say. Oh, yes, cool, great. Thank you, oh, yes, cool, great. After that, we have Gift of Heaven, which is a free 3DS RPG, which strives to be as funny as Earthbound, efficient as Chrono Trigger, and as epic as Final Fantasy VI. Gift of Heaven quadruples every data limit of RPG Maker FES using passwords to unite four game files as one bold explosion. OM Hawkstelter is a is cooking the full blast Tolkien Potter Gump combo meal you deserve to eat. <laughs> and them Hawkstelters don't skimp on the shrimp. Gift of Heaven's promotional short film, Symphonia Anathema, hits YouTube April 17th. Download the prologue August 7th and Act 1 on Halloween night via the RPG Maker FES 3DS app. Buckle up, Buttercup. Ragnarok cometh. Sick. Didn't mean to steal your uh, shout-out. Oh, we dude. Both got I was just going to shout Goku. Don't worry nice. about it. Okay. Goku Sweet. and Captain Marvel. Yeah. Oh, that team-up? <laughs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I can't breathe. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Gift of Heaven. Next, we have Yoltmain, who says, I have something to admit. I did something horrible. I made an unforgivable mistake that haunts my dreams. I coughed up 60 bones and bought Jump Force. <laughs> I downloaded it on Steam with a glimmer in my eye and a smile on my face. As the download bar progressed, my joy swelled without the smallest idea of the horror that awaited me. I booted the game, did the character creator, ditched that immediately to get a free fight with some of my favorite characters. I chose my team of Gon, Jotaro, and Yusuke and proceeded. After the longest loading time of my life, it began. The heroes I loved were then standing there looking like rejected Gumby characters, (laughs) lifeless and dejected. I said the gameplay can't be horrible, can it? Well, allies, 
It was. I couldn't even manage a smile with the boisterous string oh. of aura, aura, auras that came from Jotaro. What was wrong with me? Had I gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs? Nope. The game is just horrible. Don't buy. Well, at least Sekiro is soon. As always, check me out on Twitch at Yoltmain, and that is spelled Y-O-L-T-M-A-Y-N-E. Love and respect. I thought the Gara fight was really cool. I think uh, watching some of those animations is really neat. Mm -hmm. um, it's just the loading prevented me from wanting to continue and mm -hmm. felt like my soul was being <coughs> evaporated. Sorry. You were just trying to. You were just trying to give some. You were just trying to give some positive. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, man. I just couldn't let hey, it. Uh, I couldn't let it rest. Boruto's in it. There you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Boruto's move set though. Could have been better. Lackluster. Is yeah. it just a copy of Naruto's? Yeah. There's like the vanishing Rasengan. And I, I feel like we just exemplified twice what happens yeah. with Jump Force. Even when you try to be positive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I watched Boruto last night, actually. Yeah, how was yeah. it? Because I went to go watch Gotham, and it was not on. Mm. Ooh. So I watched some Boruto. I was playing uh, Division 2 with Huber. This was like, what, at 2 in the morning? Yeah, sounds, sounds like there. you guys, yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, you're going to take a 40-minute break for Gotham. Yeah. Be right back. 40-minute <laughs> yeah. break? Yeah. Wasn't on so much Boruto. Be right back. Was it a new Boruto episode? I'm like five or six behind, but ah. like a huge filler arc is over, so we're getting into a canon arc, dude. I'm so pumped. Exciting times to be alive. So. Yeah. Uh, no, no, you're great. Uh, next sponsor is Wolf Wolf Games. With so many values and civil rights at stake, it's essential for us to support organizations that fight to present actionable solutions to hate and sexism. Women's rights are human rights. Rain is the largest organization in this country dedicated to ending sexual violence. By fundraising or helping to volunteer with the National Sexual Assault Hotline, your contributions will matter. Visit www w.rain.org that is r-a-i-n-n dot org to learn more you are the difference thank you Wolf Wolf Games and now we have our mega sponsor Whoa. River Horse Incorporated what, what? our friends over at River Horse can teach you Brad oh. the ways of the now platform engage oh. in the two day service now project portfolio management class with River Horse by doing that, you'll learn all about the setup, configuration, and usage of the PPM suite on ServiceNow. With Riverhorse, you can learn to master ServiceNow capabilities through hands-on, real-world instructions. As an authorized training partner, our education advisors are able to teach over 12 official classes that span across IT service management, IT business management, and ServiceNow development. But that's not all. They will also be at the Knowledge, Riverhorse will also be at the Knowledge Conference in Vegas from May 5th to the 9th. Riverhorse will be teaching in the pre-conference training and hosting events throughout the week. If any allies will be in the attendance, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or email so that you can join us at our company events and get some free swag. Riverhorse is proud to support the Easy Allies and look forward to supporting all allies that work in the IT industry. Look them up at www.river-horse.com on Twitter uh, at twitter.com slash riverhorse train and email them at training at river-horse.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors. Thank you. We appreciate it. Help keep this, this crazy show afloat. <coughs> keep the lights on. There's a game uh, that I've mentioned multiple times on Frame Trap that I have to bring up. It'll be very oh, quick. Okay. Uh, there are 110 missions in Earth Defense Force 5. 
Wait a sec. 110? Ben, 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 Ben. Yes. Oh, I forgot. I forgot. Forget Earth Defense Force 5. We got to get out of this frame yeah. trap. Because that was a doozy. The demons were. That was a doozy. The demons were sweating there. The they... demons almost won against Dante. Yeah. Big boy. Yeah. Please, both of you, use your combined efforts to get us out of the frame trap, and thank you for reminding me. All right. Do you got one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I don't like how to shout mine. Is it a co-op attack? No. I got a co-op one. Okay. But it's sports related. Okay, I'll play. Mm, it's I'm just kidding. It's you. Oh, you want me I'll, to shoot you? I'll alley to you. Okay. 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 <laughs> the ring's on fire right now. It's on fire. We're playing NBA Jam now. What up? Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan. That's us. Yep. I feel like we Bulls should... versus Celtics. Yeah, let's go. What up? What's up? Rivalry. I feel like we should just end the episode. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Huber. You you saved the day there. I'm glad you didn't let me forget that. NBA Jam. I miss NBA Jam. Miss we all I miss NBA Jam and I miss NFL Blitz. I miss NFL Blitz. I miss, I miss NFL Blitz even more than I miss NBA I Jam. I miss Wayne Gretzky 3D hockey. Oh, I never played Wayne Gretzky what? 3D hockey. Oh. <laughs> the fights. <laughs> so fun, dude. So fun. Set that is net that on fire? 64? Yeah. Hell yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. 3D what hockey are we doing? and yeah. Wayne Gretzky 98 is on there. could be better than they are if we just include yeah. Wayne Gretzky 3D hockey. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going to talk about, uh, quickly, Earth Defense Force 5. Ooh. So, uh, there are 110 missions it's in this game. It's a lot of missions. It's a lot of missions. And, like, you think, like, oh, they're all super short. No. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> not all super short. Some of these missions are bonkers in this. Okay. So, Earth Defense Force 5. For those of you who have not heard me ramble on about this before, it's simple. There are aliens. And by aliens, I mean giant bugs and frog people and giant gold-plated gray-skinned Indians. Not Indians. Aliens. Gray, gray scales? No. Yeah, gray scale. Yeah, gray scale? Game of Thrones. There. Yes. No. <laughs> gray skinned aliens. Okay. Um, we got there. <laughs> that are. I'm sorry. That that is not what I <laughs> meant. Gray skinned aliens that are just like assaulting you, and they attack from all sides. And it is like you'll be going. You're like, oh, they're coming. And then all of a sudden, they're just completely surrounding you. Yeah. Um, and it is very, very, very intense. And, uh, yeah. How are the UFOs? Are there UFOs? There are, there are drones. And so okay. they start out just kind of as circular drones. Okay. And then they get, uh, there's like wider ones. Yeah. And they just completely overwhelm you. Um, and, yeah, it is just kind of you... Clearing through them, every mission is the same. It's not like there's there's like, oh, this is a stealth mission. It's like, no, we're just killing all these things. But the build-up, man. So I'm going to spoil Earth Events Force 5. Just yeah. if you care about that. Spoil yeah, away. Click away. But uh, there's this build-up. So there's this giant Godzilla-like monster that Whoa. you kind of meet early on, and you can't kill it. It'll shoot lasers. It'll roll. It'll have giant flying fire rocks come out of it. Sounds awesome. Um and you can't kill it. And so a lot of the mission will be like, okay, kill everything else, and then it will retreat, and mission complete. And it keeps popping up. But then you, you realize they're like, hey, there's this, there's this giant mech in your base. Go get it, and you can fight this thing. So then you have to do a series of missions of just clearing through the aliens to get to this mech. And then you get in the mech, and finally, you have this mech doesn't have, like, weapons. It just has its fists and its feet. And so the mission, that you build up 
over like dozens, like literally dozens and dozens and dozens of missions, you get in this mech and you just have this fist fight so with Godzilla. Rad. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. And I just wanted Dude, to be able to rim up in here. Yeah. Um, and then there's another one where uh, like a bunch of these Godzilla-like monsters attack, and you're on a beach, and so it's like you're storming in, and they they end up you you like kind of have to avoid these things, and there's so many. It's a ridiculous mission. They will like airdrop the mech in, and then you get in it, and you start punching them, and it's uh, nice. it's really really fun. Cool. Um, yeah, I've had such a great time with it. I didn't. I can't believe it. We're gonna probably finish it off this weekend, but it's just been such a blast. Um, and it's been great practice for Iron Rain when that comes ben, out next month. When you finish, yeah, will you watch Pacific Rim Two? I can't make any promises, but that's a good idea. I'll put that idea cool. in the back. Because you like the first mind. one, right? Uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah, I loved the first Pacific okay. Rim. Yeah, I loved it so much that I was like, I don't want to watch this again because I don't want there to be a chance that I think less of it in a weird way. It was one just like, holds up. It was time. just like what, such a precious, like, good time. Nice. I didn't think too hard about Pacific cool. Rim. Cool. Uh, but yeah, really enjoying Earth Defense Force 5. Uh, however, like I mentioned last time, like, it's kind of bad. Uh, <laughs> there, was, there was a moment. We were, like, in the mission, and we were doing well, and then all of a sudden... We just fell through the geometry. That was it. Like, it was just over. Yeah. Like, we had to just restart the mission. Yeah, classic. Was like, oh, this game was is it like, like kind of busted. Were you endlessly falling? Or did no, you, like, fall it was down? Just like, it was just like it took <laughs> us and we sunk below yeah. the level. And then there was nothing but clouds. So, yeah. Nice. That was pretty bad. Um, yeah. It's good. It, we've been having a fun time. And then you have things like... So you need to kill every, you like always need to kill everything except yes. if something like retreats, like I said, which is very rare. But you need to kill everything, uh, and sometimes you'll be like, "Oh, there's this one bug that is stuck all the way on the other side of the map. That's the last thing we have to kill." And Ugh. so you're just kind of like awkwardly going yeah, and killing it. Um, but I think those moments, like despite it being broken and like looking not good, <laughs> the thing that has always been great about Earth Defense Force is like there's a heart there, right? Yeah. Like there's those moments of hype, and uh, I think that's what. That's what makes it fun. I'm pleased it's still going. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. And I'm like really excited for Iron Rain yeah, Iron to Rain see how awesome. it uh, shake things up for sure. Uh, Brad, one last thing that I want to talk yeah. about really quickly, and you'll be interested in this. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of One Piece World Seeker. Ooh. Yeah. Looking for that treasure. Um, so this is an open world One Piece game. Um, and you go to this place called Prison Island and you get separated from the other Straw Hats and you kind of like reunite with them, uh, but you explore and there's like collectibles in the world. That are you there inmates up. on this island? Y uh, yes, like, there are. Okay. And there, yes, yes, yes. I you, like this kind of arc. Yes. You don't really interact Naruto, dude. with the of blood. inmates so far yet. Uh, it's kind of just like there's been, I've been going to like different villages on Prison Island. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of inmate action. Don't want to like... Okay. Mischaracterize okay. that so far. Yeah, this anyway. is, I don't think this is the rock. Prison Island okay. would make you think that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, what's cool is is Luffy is is a rubber man, and so yep. you can extend your arms and zip up to the top of buildings. Zip. Um, and it 
<laughs> definitely very comparable, I would say, to Arkham in a lot of ways, where it's like, okay, I, I can stealth take down these guys if I want to, um, so I can zip up and drop behind them and knock them down. Um, you have your armament hockey, so you can do stronger punches uh, and take guys out. Um, and I would say the best part of it is if you care about One Piece and you like these characters, seeing them kind of represented in this world and unlocking new abilities that you know you know and are exciting to see is very, very cool. Uh, the game itself, not, not remarkable in any way. Um, <laughs> are we swimming in sevens here? Yeah, uh, seven is like are we swimming I, in seven? I would say I'm at a six right now. Okay. We're, getting, we're close. close. We're close. Yeah. For something, if, if you're like... Sixes are like almost as good as swimming in sevens, but it's got to be a situation where it's like I'm already attached to the thing. Yeah. So if I'm a huge One Piece fan and it's a six, that's just as good as swimming in sevens. Yeah. So the, the way that I the way that I would describe it, Huber, is like it feels like it kind of does the open world thing as basic as it could be. Like it really doesn't go crazy with it. There's nothing Some in like there radio where you're like, wow, it's wild. Or... It's like it, it takes the open world and applies it to One Piece. Mm. And One Piece is a great thing. So it One Piece definitely amplifies it. And you're like, oh, yeah, this style is so cool. It's great to see it in this, this PS4 game. And the environments look pretty good. And the main characters look pretty good. A problem that I have, though, is a lot of the lesser characters really don't feel like they belong in the One Piece world. And so you, you have these kind of, like, iconic designs. And then you look at these, it, like, the prominent NPCs look great, mm-hmm. look like they belong. The other ones, they're like, did you get pulled from another game? It's mm-hmm. like you kind of belong here, but you also kind of don't. And so it ends up feeling a little bit awkward. Yeah. Can you sail? Haven't been able to sail yet. You so do, it's and you go, and you see... Uh, the the thousand sunny very quickly um, and so it's there and you see it and it looks really good but you're not sailing oh, so damn. yeah um, but yeah combat is also very 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 simple so far where guys just kind of shoot at you or slash at you with swords and you dodge and you attack them and it's fine um, I said it on the stream and I'll say it again like I don't really know what this is going to do for you if you're not a One Piece fan um, yeah. but it seems okay. Uh, not not the worst thing I've played. Just cool. very middle of the road. Uh, how's the story? Because Oda's involved. Yeah, so it's an original story, um, and that has been another highlight so far. Excellent. Where I, it's like it's pro- it's interesting enough. I want to know where it's gonna go, and uh, like you you run into Smoker, and he's like, <laughs> "Oh, hey, I let you go at Punk Hazard, but." I'm not going to let you get away this time. And so if, you, if you're if you in the know and you like yeah. are familiar with these stories and what they're saying, uh, it's kind of cool in that sense, seeing them interact and, and have them kind of be like, okay, this is taking place in uh, the timeline, but it's off doing its own thing. So that's satisfying. It's not like amazing like i said right now i'm ju- you're just kind of trying to figure out what's going on in this island and then reuniting with the straw hats but maybe it gets more interesting as it goes on but i do appreciate the fact that it is an original story nice so that's cool cool yeah keep me posted yeah i <laughs> brad it's like one of those things where it's i don't know if it's good enough for me to keep playing when i have so much oh, okay. other yeah, yeah, things yeah, yeah. that i want to yeah, play yeah, yeah. i'm bummed um, the i'm glad i took a look at it yeah, yeah. i'm bummed that the Boruto game was the Shinobi Striker was yeah. like a PvP game, mm-hmm. right. you know? 
I wanted you want like I a single that. player. Like, yeah. I wanted a Boruto you want or Naruto. Story. Yeah. You want to feel the world. Like That's the, really uh, the Ubisoft one yeah. way Dude, back in the day. Both of those are so good. Yeah, you, that's actually a really good point that you bring up because I feel like when they do adapt these shonen animes, a lot of times it's a fighting game, and that's that mm-hmm. can be great. I love fighting games. Dragon Ball Fighters is amazing. Yeah. Um, but it's also nice to see them go in different directions. It's not always a fighting game, but I feel like, uh, like they Force tend to tind- kind of feel the same. Is what yeah. I'm trying to say. I think there's a Dragon Ball game coming though. A Dragon Ball. There game. is. There yeah. is a Dragon Ball game that is coming. You're right about that. So that could be sick. Um, hopefully. I know they've done like sort of online games that are not fighting games, yeah. but uh, all I'm trying to say is I appreciate when they they do something, something different. a little bit different. Yeah, so that's nice. Sweet. Yeah, it's sweet. It's cool. What's way cooler though than One Piece World Seeker is the Hotake, uh, and it is kind of tangentially related to something we talked about a lot last time, and that is Anthem. Oh, Anthem. Okay. Anthem. Anthem. But it is also not really about Anthem. Oh. Uh, it is about kind of the response surrounding Anthem and uh, how we communicate with each other when we don't like something. Um, so, Derukaz on Reddit, that's the Reddit name of this Bioware community manager. Okay. And uh, they were responding to a post uh, complaining about Anthem. And uh, one of the things that they brought up is they were like, hey, you know, before the game came out, like developers were on here and they were talking to us and they were being really responsive. Why isn't that happening? Like that, that sucks. We need communication. A lot of <clears throat> the reason people believed in Anthem is because you guys were communicating so well. And this is what Darrow Kaz, a Bioware community manager, said. They said, to start, things used to be a lot friendlier here and on here i mean reddit for dev team members who don't normally talk on social channels or forums they can answer questions give informations give informations give informations and know that they aren't going to have people getting upset at them why would a dev team member take time away from working on the next update to post when they know it's likely going to be met with hostile replies or they get flamed because they can't answer other questions that players are asking I don't mind posting here when things aren't so nice, but that's because it's my job. For the devs, it isn't their job. And I'd like to ask that people remember that when replying to them, when some people say be nice or the devs will stop posting, it's 100% true. Be respectful and constructive with your feedback and more team members will likely reply. Uh, So the reason why I brought that up is it really made me think. and this is true of, of Fallout 76 as well. I, I don't like Anthem. I've said mm-hmm. that. I've been public about that. Um, but it, it also worries me sometimes where the hate can get so intense mm-hmm. that people just start flying off the rails and they start uh, kind of being rude because they're frustrated. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a tricky situation because I want people to be able to speak freely. I want people to be able to say, hey, I don't like this. And I want them to be able to be like, hey, I'm I'm a customer. I, I spent my money on this and I'm angry. I think it's okay to express that anger. Um, but sometimes I worry that we're pushing away solutions, pushing away problems. And I want to know what you guys think uh, about kind of the environments that come out of something being so controversial like Anthem or Fallout 76. How do you feel about those responses and, and how people are handling them and how <clears throat> publishers and developers are handling them? I mean, it's pretty tense right now, for sure. Yeah. Just with life and the world and everything, it's very tense. And uh, 
Yeah, with games, it, it sometimes feels like there's not a discussion. It's just one side against the other. Like, you know, I've seen a lot of people sticking up for Anthem. Like, there's a lot of problems, but it's great, you know. And then the other side is just like, worst game ever, give me my money back. It's really hard to find the middle ground. But I don't use Reddit or forums, really. Like, I feel like like the the best take for me personally is if I'm if I tweet about it. Mm -hmm. And then, like, with my, you know, circle of followers and stuff, it's, like, on there, then sometimes you can have, like, some discourse or, like, a conversation about it. But if you just go to a Reddit or something, I feel like it it is a little more lawless. It can kind of get out of control. And, like, YouTube comments as well. Mm -hmm. Brad, do you think if if, uh, a game is disappointing people or people feel like they weren't... uh, being properly communicated with, or in some cases even lied to, uh, do you think the developers have a responsibility to kind of very methodically respond to that criticism? I mean, how many developers have to respond to this? Like, the community manager usually is the one who does that, right? Sure. Like, do, I don't know how many people need to come out and, like, address the kind of thing. I think it's, like, a good thing when people address stuff and they're very honest and upfront with the customer. And I think the customer totally has the right to complain and stuff like that. My motto is I would just try to treat the devs how I would want to be treated. Like, I know, not like, there's a lot of good people out there who treat the devs and, like, try to go about it civilly and everything like that. It's hard to get tone across on the internet 100 time, or 100% or of the time, too. Things can get seem, like, kind of iffy when they maybe are not or try not to be. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just depends on, like, who's the one talking about. Like, I don't necessarily need, like, the guy who did, like, the background art on something coming in and talking about it. I think it like for like it would have been so like for Fallout seventy six I would think it would have been nicer to have like Todd Howard come out and say something, but I don't know how much he needs to say what he needs to say like he could say yeah we screwed up we know that we're gonna try to work on it I think that I don't know if he did or anything like that I think that can go a long way with like having good faith in people I think it's important to have that but I mean I feel like the uh, community manager is kind of right he has a point like if you're being really mean to devs like not everyone is of course but some people who are like maybe. Death threats are just being a total maniac about it. Like, they don't want to come back after that. Yeah. Yeah, and things move so fast. Like, nobody is patient anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, right. everyone just wants everything immediately now. And, right. like, the latest controversy I saw was just about the loot drops and how bad they are in Anthem and how everyone wants them to change loot. And Bioware responded. They said, hey, we're not happy with it either. We're figuring it out. Yeah. That's just where it is, and it's just, that takes time. (laughs) That takes so much time. This was a game that was in development for years. I don't know exactly how long, but clearly more than a year, like years plural. Oh, yeah. So, like, them reworking their entire loot system is going to take more time, and it it's frustrating watching just everyone, like, you know, when it's been addressed. It's like, to me, I feel like Bioware has been pretty upfront with this whole situation they've had a couple patches already the game's been out a month like they've been on twitter they've addressed when the servers are down they like come out and say you know hey we're fixing this we're working on this they've talked about the loot they've talked about changes they want to make so i think as far as a giant game company goes addressing the community when the game has problems i think it is yeah I think it's been fine. Yeah, I, I kind of want to, I guess, focus on 
the, like the effects of dogpiling mm-hmm. because I feel like yeah with with social media it's sort of about the moment and sometimes something failing can be the moment where it's like oh man this is really bad let's talk about it or I want to talk about it because that is what's being talked about and I think when you have that it's really easy to forget that there are people behind these mm-hmm. things who are not necessarily like trying to cause you ill will they just made something and it didn't work out and uh, I don't I don't know sometimes I like I think it's just it's it can be hard but sometimes I also think it's important to remember to how how much more productive it can be if you focus on the thing if you focus on the game it's like I don't like the game because of this versus I don't like these people right exactly and it's like if you don't like the game then like that's a bummer because you spent 60 bucks you know, there was a thing going around that people were getting refunds. I don't know. I stopped investigating, but there was a, th- I don't know if that's confirmed or not. People were trying to get refunds, but like, if you don't like the game, try to get a refund. But there's just, there's this constant, like you were saying, dogpiling where it's just like never good enough. Yeah. You know, and that's just what it feels like. And it's, Anthem's in a really tough spot right now. Because there's so many problems with the game. Right. Technically, just content-wise, there's problems across the entire board. So, it's it's at a point where, like, you're either so committed to the game, you're going to stick around, you're going to defend them. But if you don't have the patience or if you don't want to wait around for the problems to be fixed, then get your money back or just... Be nice. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, like, why are you still harping on it if yeah. it's like you either get your money back or you, you j- just move on? You know? I do agree. I, th- I think having kind of a purpose in mind, like, what do you really want? Like, exactly. okay, you're What's mad, you're disappointed. What, did you did you get your money back mm-hmm. or did you, did they, you know, respond to you or or did they, did they address? Like, there should be kind of like an objective in your mind. Yeah. I think when it just becomes blind, unfocused hatred, yes. that's when it becomes mm-hmm. uh, a real huge problem um, yeah if you're concerned about a game maybe being bad or you don't know i would wait till it's out like i know we want to buy stuff day one a lot of times and just play it but if you're really concerned about it maybe just wait like a day or two you'll probably get an impression from it yeah absolutely i brad i think that's a great point right. is try to find a reviewer you kind of line with and you see their points that you like maybe right. or something like that see what they have to say or you can go to there's several like forms of like a review you can investigate or you can watch a stream i don't know like i know it's easy to like just buy a game because you're hyped like especially nowadays when you can get the game earlier mm-hmm. like you can get anthem on pc earlier like that people are just hyped to jump in a bioware game it's not what they wanted something like that but i definitely think just try that, to slow down I'm, i definitely think that's another angle to this whole situation that definitely is adding fuel to the fire and that's because it's bioware mm-hmm so it's because people have an attachment to Mass Effect, to Dragon Age, to this company. Um, I can see that being yeah. doubly frustrating. Absolutely. Um, you know, when the passion comes out, like, you know, we all get passionate. We all yeah. get out of control. but Then we all get disappointed. Yeah. I do worry, though, that, like, once something has been established as a villain, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really hard for that thing to um, break out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh and that can go the other way too. But what I what I mean is sometimes like we get so angry at something or something disappoints us so much that we just don't see either the good things it's trying to do or the mm-hmm. good things that it's actually done. We only focus on the bad. Um, and I I think 
like, I think Anthem is disappointing. I didn't particularly like yeah. it, but that doesn't mean that like every single aspect of it no. is bad right. or, yeah, no, or should be written like, off. Yeah, it's not even terrible. Like yeah. I went through it and I wanted to be doing other things, but it was still fine and it had its moments. Yeah. You know, it just it needed more time. Yeah, it I mean the game wasn't time. ready. No, I think that that's a trend on its own of game mm-hmm. coming out too early. Because, like, a lot of the character stuff I think is really cool. It's my favorite part of the game, actually, is, like, talking to people camp and talking mm-hmm. to them and, like, getting their stories. But, like, so many of them started and then just, like, didn't. That was, like, I kept expecting something it to happen. It just fizzled out. Yeah, yeah, like, this person went to another faction and was like, oh, you two are partnering up now. Like, what's going to happen here? This is going to lead to something and then, like, just nothing. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like there's just Well, I think people are burned because of what we saw of the game originally when it was shown at E3 that one time. And what we got, it's just, mm-hmm. like, way different looking and, like, what they said. So I feel like a lot of people yeah, are burned about other, that. Yeah. That's a whole other thing, too. Yeah. So, yeah. Just the It could E3 be a frustra- frustrating situation, yeah. Sure. Because um, then I could see the... I don't necessarily agree with it because... I like to think positively and, like, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. Right, right. But, like, I can see the argument that BioWare and EA were manipulative mm-hmm. by right. showing that early. Yeah. I can see it. I want to believe that, like, that was their original vision and it just didn't work right. out that way. Right. But um, I, I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's such a hard thing to feel firm about because – on one hand, you can be like, yeah, like, no, these, they're not being truthful with us. Mm-hmm. They're hiding something that they know and they really should be more forthcoming. But I've also heard mm-hmm. stories of like, listen, when we showed you that, we like, we thought yeah. th- that was realistic yeah. for us at the time. Yeah. And then yeah. as projects evolved, it became less realistic. And yeah. I can understand that. I've, I've had projects of my own where I'm like, oh, okay, like, that's not going to be possible. Can't do that. Yeah. Um, and things do evolve over time. Another thing that I want to draw attention to. And it's been said before, but I think it's worth reiterating, is people see more than you think they do. I think uh, sometimes it can be cathartic, just like ranting and raving or getting out there and just having your opinion. And that's valuable and you should have that. But I think it's also important to keep in mind that a lot of these people making games love games and are very they're they're like paying attention to the conversations that are happening because a they love what they work on and b they love games like this is this is their culture this is what they're connected to and uh you know they they probably see more than you think they do they're probably in more spots than you realize so yeah a lot of hurt feelings there do you think there's and it's a hard question i guess to ask in like the middle of this long podcast but do you think there are ways that we could improve communication on on all yeah. sides of this? Instead of like shit posting, maybe reach out to a developer on the game. Yeah. If you have a like a real question or a concern, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like seek them out directly instead of just flaming. I don't know. Like if I if, like Anthem or something, like find the director on Twitter. Send him some messages like, mm-hmm. at so and so. Hey, you know, like question. Like, if you want your money back, like talk yeah, to I Sony. Would, or... On both sides, I would address yeah. the opposite with respect and cool. how you want to be treated. I think you'd go a long way instead of just being a maniac right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Both ways, sure. Both ways. Are we ready for some emails? Yes. yes. 
Just be nice to everyone. Just be nice to everyone. Yeah, I realized that that was uh, pretty open-ended, but I think sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to just reflect on, on how we're just talking to each other. I like that angle, Ben. I'm really glad you, you brought that up because yeah. Anthem is a huge thing right now and that, uh, you know, that aspect of it of like, wow, a lot of people are really angry. Well, and you brought like, up... This is like hostile anger. You, you brought up uh, how quickly we move on from things and like just... Yeah, life some, life moves so fast. Something right? amazing comes out, and it's like, it's, it's amazing. We love it. We're celebrating it for a minute. Yeah, and then Anthem comes out, and everyone hates it, but we're still talking about it. Like, mm-hmm. dude, what? Yeah. What? I think it's important to, to analyze like how, like not just the things themselves, but how we're kind of dissecting them. And and you know, this isn't when we have these conversations. It's not like us being like, oh, we do it perfectly and right. you know follow our example. It's no. like no, like we could be way better at this too. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, I think humans? just yeah, just admitting that is is good. Um, I'm doing our best here. Our first email comes in from Patrick, who asks. What games need a remake? Hi there, allies. I'm super pumped for the recent announcement of Link's Awakening for Switch because I've never played it before. I'm a huge Zelda fan, though admittedly more of the 3D ones than the 2D ones. And I've just finished listening to the Easy Allies podcast where Damiani said, if you like Majora's Mask, you'll love Link's Awakening. Majora's Mask happens to be my favorite game of all time, so I'm pretty excited to play Link's Awakening for the first time, especially with this new update. It's funny we talked about it. Being perfectly honest, I'm not sure if I would have gone back and checked out the Game Boy original despite owning it on 3DS and liking other Game Boy games, though I'm sure a lot of people still think the Game Boy game holds up just fine. I remember feeling very similar about A Link to the Past the multiple times I tried to play it. Despite growing up with it, I had a hard time going back to it. However, I loved A Link Between Worlds. In a similar vein, I don't know if I'll ever go back and play Super Metroid. However, if they remade it, I think I would be much more likely to put some time in. So this brings me to my question. If you do your best to remove the nostalgic aspect uh, regarding some of the old games we all grew up with, what games could really benefit from a remake? Inversely, what games are perfect the way they are and can slash should be played by modern audiences with just a re-release or remaster? Remake Resident Evil 3. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it needs one? I love the game as is. Yes. That's, I, I'm, a little, I'm a little too close, so yeah. I don't really know. You know, take that as you will. Uh, but I really think way more so than Resident Evil 2, a remake would benefit 3. Because 3, you and I were talking about this on uh, Division 2 the other night. Yeah. Uh, there's just so many things that Resident Evil 3 does, but it doesn't It doesn't do it the best. Like the choices with Nemesis, they're fine. You could really do something there. Um Stressing like surviving in Raccoon City, going through places, scavenging for supplies, um, and just Nemesis itself, you know, just hyping it up, making mm-hmm. it better. Yeah. Versus like the couple parts where, you know, he busts in and yeah. chases you down, like really make it like a Terminator. Hmm. Um, I'm going to stick with Zelda. Remake Phantom Hourglass. Just ditch the stylus controller, ditch drawn on the map, just let me sail around Wind Waker style, and let it seem like a true Wind Waker sequel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so hard because a lot of the things that I love have already been remade, um, but I've been, playing, I've been playing Final Fantasy IX on my Switch, and I think that game still holds up, um, but one of the annoying things is like they, they 
the character models look really good and sharp, but the pre-rendered backgrounds look a little bit blurry. Mm. And uh, I've, I've always loved the art direction in that game. Mm -hmm. I've always thought it was amazing. And I just, if you could get just a huge amount of money and completely rebuild it while retaining uh, that art direction, I think it could be Would really good. Would you want them to be kind of like chibi style still? Like big heads and whatnot? It is how I know those characters, and I think they were kind of designed around that style. Mm -hmm. And so I guess just knee-jerk reaction is I would want them to keep that style, but I wouldn't immediately dismiss it either if they right. went in a different direction. Gotcha. So. Nice. Yeah. Let's see. Are there other things that we want? Please. Remaster. No, remake. Return oh, you could say yeah. if it... And remaster. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, okay. Please. Pretty Please. Just remaster the PS2 version of Dragon Quest VIII. Thank you very much. <laughs> Please. Not this I'm, 3DS version. No. Keep it the same. Just put it on Please. PS4. Sure. I'm begging you. I'm yeah. begging you out there. 4K, 60. That, I feel yeah. like, Hebrew, I feel like that's a pretty reasonable Gosh. ask. Um, Which reminds me, I did not. We never talked about Dragon Quest XI. I beat it. Next time. Yeah. Next frame trap. Sure. Next time. I'll bring it. Put it on. Well, next frame trap that you're on, mm -hmm, remind exactly. us to talk about Dragon yep. Quest XI. Um, I think Devil May Cry One could could be remade sure, yeah. pretty well. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, just maybe tweaking the controls a little bit, um, yeah. changing the camera a little bit, you know, redoing those environments. I think it could go really, really well. Yeah. And reboot slash remake. You know, we mentioned earlier tactics, Final Fantasy tactics. Yeah. Sure. And, uh, sure, sure, sure. and Dino Crisis, of course. It's it's a question where like. So many things have been remade that I have to yeah. be like, wait, did they re-release that? Did they remake that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just uh, kind of remade a... Shadow of the Colossus for no reason. They just did it, and it's <laughs> it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. Our next email comes in from Gonzalo, who says, "Hey, al hello, allies. I wanted to ask: Have you ever come upon a game? Excuse me, you like from a genre you commonly dismiss." For example, I don't play Tetris-like games since they usually don't have characters or a story and the like, but one of my favorite games is Pokemon Puzzle League. Hmm. That game doesn't get shout-out too much. I like that game too. Which, in short, mainly adds the graphics and sound bites from the anime on top of an already good game. If you could please explain what elements or decisions that game made, uh, you enjoy it over others in the same genre. Thank you, love, and respect. Brad's going to say Warcraft 3. No, I, I have a different one. I do like Warcraft 3, though. <laughs> I'm going to say bust a move in, nice. like, the, the puzzle kind of genre. I don't really like puzzle games that much, like Puzzle Fighter, Tetris, stuff like that, but I love bust a move. Bust -a yeah. Just simple, so connecting good. those colors, baby. Real cute. So good. It's a real good time. I'm going to say Inside is, like, the best puzzle game I've ever played in my life. Mm. Hands down. Everything about it. Really good, like evolution of puzzles. Didn't feel, t didn't get stuck on any one puzzle for too long. Didn't That's didn't really have that like hyper intimidation factor. Yeah, didn't yeah. get like so frustrated. You know, some puzzles like later on, you gotta really have to think. Yeah, but nothing that was just like, what do I do? <laughs> Man, I feel like I like almost every genre, but the the two that come to mind that I'm like not, I don't dive into as frequently. Uh, sports, I don't dive into at all. I don't really play sports games. Uh, Next show, dude, we're playing full nine innings. Ben, get ready. Can you? <laughs> we're streaming. All right. It. Yep. Uh, we're we're making a lot of like commitments yep. here. I like yep. it. Okay. Uh, but no, uh, we talked about it. But NFL Blitz is like a game I legitimately love. Like, 
I I will play that at any point, and I don't know if that counts. It counts. But I dig. Oh, I dig like kind of those. There was, so I didn't have NBA Jam, but I had College Slam on the Genesis, which was basically NBA Jam, but college basketball, and I love that too. It just nice. made me feel ridiculous and awesome. And for racing, I don't play a ton of racing games, but sometimes I feel like they're so good that I at least have to like check them out, even if it's only for a bit. And Forza, like. I like Forza's so good. Like I'm such a racing car scrub, but Forza's so much fun to play. Nice. So I feel like I have to call that out. Heck yeah! Horizon. Full nine innings. The show. Full nine innings. I'm dude. a little scared, man. Yeah, you like be. I'm, be, not, I'm be not a baseball guy, dude. You're gonna be so into it. You're gonna be relaxed. Prob- probably. You're gonna love it. Uh, Huber, I guarantee you, Ben, you will love it. Huber, I feel like you could you could say if you're being the Sherpa, I'm sure I will. Love it just fine. Dude, have you played any show? Any MLB? You just made me do the uh, home, run derby? home run derby. Yeah, that was it. Dude, the pitching man, you're going to love I it. I had ML 90, MLB 98 on the PS1 as a kid. Sick. Nice. Played that. Uh, like nice. a pretty good amount. Yeah. Dude, it's going. All right. Our last question comes in from Barun. He says, friends and how they change games you play. Hmm. Kind of relevant to what we're talking about. Yes. Hi, Ben and Allies. One day in 2008, whilst I was in school, me and my best friend were just talking about games. My friend tells me that I need to play this game called Bioshock. I just went, yeah, sure, I'll check it out one day. I did, and the game looked so strange to me, so I decided that I probably wouldn't have liked it. Never really liked horror. It looked like straight horror to me then. A few weeks passed since the conversation. My friend comes in and brings his own copy of the game and hands it to me. He was very adamant that I would like this game, and he would make sure I would at least try it. So then I tried it, and I was hooked from the very first words you hear from Andrew Ryan to the very end of the game. I just fell in love with this game and became much more open-minded to other different games because of it. It really just changed my perspective on gaming as a whole. I became so much more open-minded to different games and genres that I hadn't considered before. I even bought my own copy of Bioshock. Have you had any experiences where you were apprehensive to try something, but your friend pushed you through that phase and you ended up loving said thing? I love all genres. It's really boring, but honestly, like I've never been adverse to trying any game. Like I'll give anything. But a has, shot. has a friend pushed you over the edge? You guys push me over uh, the edge all the time. I mean, you guys tell me to play things like more JRPGs and stuff. But I, <laughs> I like even without I love you, that. That's you know, say that. yeah. Like Tales of Symphonia, I just like bought, and like, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy, growing up, I bought. So like. It's hard to think. I think I played The Witcher because of you. Nice. I think you're telling me to play that. I mean, I like RPGs and stuff, but Which I don't think I would have. Yeah, I don't think I really would have played it because it was PC yeah. only at the time. I didn't yeah. really have a PC till later. Good graphics at the time. <laughs> I feel like you get me especially hyped about movies too. A, a good example that jumps up is I don't know if I would have watched John Wick without you, or and I wouldn't have watched Dread without you. And like both of those movies are very near and dear to my heart because they're nice. so good. Um, but yeah, I, you guys definitely influence what I play all the time. Yeah, you guys with anime. Sure. My hero. It's like my number hero. one thing I got to get through. Yeah. Um, I think, Huber, with you, with shows, it's hard just because, like, and I don't mean I that as an everything. insult. Yeah, because you watch everything, it's like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, I can't. I can't. Yeah. Um, so many shows. But when you were younger, I guess, outside of Easy Allies, was there ever an experience? It doesn't have to be. Let's take this outside of games. Was there, like, an experience that you had that they pushed you into? I was always kind of the one 
because I like subscribed. That, make, that makes sense. Because I subscribed to so many magazines. Mm-hmm. So friends at school and stuff, I would just kind of be the one that would bring up random said game. I remember mm-hmm. getting like Katamari, yeah, Tamashi, yeah. like when it came out, you know, and being like, hey, check this one out. Yeah, or, like God of War, same thing. Uh, movie wise. You didn't like Lord of the Rings at first. I did not like Lord of the Rings. Then you came around. How exactly? Then you came around because I didn't know. I didn't know it. I didn't read it growing up. Yeah. And then just like didn't. It's just like everything I know about you. I know is like because you love it. The things that I dislike or don't really know about, I end up loving the most. Yeah. So like Harry Potter. Didn't get into it until like Order of the Phoenix and like felt out of the loop. And I was a young, bratty teenager, so I was just like, "Yeah, oh, no, it's not for me." <laughs> like whatever, because yeah. I just didn't know. But then, but then, but then, man, Hufflepuff. You talk about being a bratty teenager. When I was like in fifth grade, I think like Pokemon was so cool and awesome, and I loved it dearly. I would wake up before school to watch Pokemon. My friends roll into it. I loved it. We played it all the time. And then suddenly it just like sharply wasn't cool anymore. But I still loved it. But I felt like I couldn't anymore. I felt like like I wasn't supposed to. And so I sold all my Game Boy games. Like, And I, I still regret that to this day. Yeah, I dude. wish I had those. Yeah, I wish I had cards. some of my old games. Um, Selling all my old magazines and throwing them out. That one hurts. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Big time. My mom was like. Yeah. St- not trying to slam on my mom. No, but, but they like, want they want to clear out they space. They do. They just want to clear out space. For and she sure. would do it all the time. She'd yeah. be like, you're not going to read these we magazines. Clear out. It's like, I, I do look at those magazines. Mm-hmm. Don't get rid of them. Yeah, I had to get rid of a and lot then, of gaming magazines. Yeah. And they know us. Yeah. Our moms know us. Yeah. So when do they ask us these questions? When we're gaming. Yeah. When we're distracted. <laughs> when I'm doing something. Yeah. yeah. That was That's not true for me. They didn't, okay. they didn't necessarily. Mom knows ask, you. Yeah. When she wants, like. And you're like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. 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 It's, throw it away. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. When you're not really paying attention. It's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't need them. Yeah. In high school, uh, a friend was interested in hockey and I, like, ended up doing, like, playing hockey with him. Not, oh, like, cool. in a league or anything. It was just kind of like. Damn. Cool. It's hard to describe what it was, but it was like. Messing around with hockey, like learning how to skate and stuff, yeah. and kind of getting familiar with it. And it was yeah, really my brother fun. got me into like skateboarding. And, oh. Like Jonathan got us, got me into uh, Jiv, got me into Pokemon. Oh, he did Pokemon oh. cards, dude. Huber, he had so many cards, yeah. you know. Yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater made me upset for a period of time. I was obsessed with skateboarding. I wanted to become a professional skateboarder. <laughs> I bought a skateboard. I went to the skate park. I was not good, but like I loved it. I loved yeah. everything about skateboarding. So. I wish I still did. I still think yeah. skateboarding is super rad. Yeah, it is. my brother yeah. was very good. Was yeah. he? Yes. Seems like I'm like, yeah. how good? Very good. Like, what was the coolest trick? You uh, could have been sponsored. That's what I mean. Professional, not, not like by Birdhouse or something <laughs> like that, but like a skate store would have totally Birdhouse. sponsored him or stuff. That's Brad. There's Local videos shop. somewhere at our house of my brother. Do we need those vids? Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. We need those. Yeah, my brother was way more. Risky than me, I would say he would do more risky things because hmm. I would see him do stuff and get hurt, and I was like, "Nah, I'm, I'm cool, I'm good." I always learned from seeing my brother do stuff. Gotcha. So wait, does this count towards the question? Because you know, since he's evolving, okay, as we're talking about it, because you guys liking something will make me like it even more. Yeah. So it's like the, I think the that's effect. in the spirit of this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The pluses effect. Yes. So, like, I don't know how that's a hundred games with Brad growing up. You yeah. know what I mean? Just, like, his love for it, too. It just makes makes it even better. Yeah. It makes it, it sweeter. Yeah. 
It's yeah. I, I was thinking about how to describe this Uber because bef- even before I met you, I loved Resident Evil, hmm. um, but I feel like you intensified that level of, to a, a way that couldn't have been possible. Oh yeah. In any other circumstance. Same. Um, like. I loved Resident Evil 4 and Remake and the classic games, um, but it was like, with you, there was like a, it was constant in a way that it wasn't before. Like, it, Resident Evil would fade in and out of my life, but now I feel like Resident Evil is here talking to stay. About it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah with this in a good way. Present. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of things are here to stay with this group. Yeah. yeah. Like, some things true. will just never leave. It's just in yeah. the air. Yeah. It's yeah. just there. I think Sekiro is going to do that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for Bloodworth to parry. <laughs> so I want to see. Yeah, blood some blood parry is always funny. I, yeah, I would love just like I want like parry master. I want blood. smug blood in overdrive where like <laughs> we just we show up to a group stream and we're playing a game and like nobody knows that Bloodworth has played it. Yeah. Like, like let's say I would love it for it to be a fighting game. Yeah, and he just gets like perfects the whole night. That'd <laughs> yeah. be great. Yeah, that'd be great. Like, you think you're far in Sekiro, and blood is just like, oh, I'm like four bosses past that. He's like, <laughs> like you're playing, he's like, oh, go over there, there's a secret. Yeah. And you're just like, what? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Could happen. Well, thank you so much for the fun frame trap. Uh, Michael Huber and Bradley Ellis, fun talking to you guys about games. If you want to email them the show and have us kind of answer your question, email askeasyallies at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. And one more time, thank you to all of our wonderful sponsors. we got quite a few. Um, and yeah, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with another Frame Trap. Thank you so much for watching. Until next time. <laughs>